0: I'm not afraid of
1: to episode 19 of Zapped to the Past. My name is Adrian Mills and I am joined as ever by Graham Raddings. If you haven't listened before, this is a podcast where we discuss games that were released for the Commodore 64. We are using the magazine ZAP64 as a monthly guide for the games to focus on, but we are in no way affiliated with ZAP64 itself. In episode 19, which covers the very cold and dry month of February 1986, we're going to be looking at the first batch of games from issue 10 of Zap 64, along with what was going on in UK music that month. So, Graham, tell us exactly what we have coming up.
0: There is a lot of pickle in this sandwich, let me tell you. We live the life of a tennis ball in Bounder, eat things that would make a billy goat puke with Rambo, and do some good old-fashioned gunslinging with Outlaws. We suffer Vector fatigue with Starion duck and dive the boxing stupidity of fight night, and get all self-centred with gyroscope. Unfortunately, Gertie Goose does try and drop a rotten egg into proceedings, but luckily for us, we throw grenades in one direction only with commando. If only we ate green berets for breakfast, eh?
1: Mmm, a lot to look forward to there. So let's crack on. Yes, so our first game this month is a gold medal. Got one back. I don't know if we had one last time, did we? Maybe I can't I remember. remember. So it. all seems so long ago. Um, Maybe we did it was ball? Bla- no, ball blazer won it. It was a sizzler, but it was ninety eight percent. It was not weird. gold medal though. No, it wasn't a gold medal. So uh what's our first game? Our first game this month is a Bounder. The first of two gold medals that were given this month. Bounder Graham Bounder. It surprised
0: like, me. Yeah, it surprised me a little bit that it was gold medal. I mean, it's okay, but is it gold medal anyway? Okay, you know what? You're a tennis ball. You ever been a tennis ball before? You are now. And the idea of the game is that you, <laughs> you <laughs> be the ball. Um, and the, the idea of it is that um, there are complex courses of, I hesitate to use the term islands, but there are sort of two layers to this world you're in. The top layer, which you can bounce upon, and there's little tiles that comprise this, and sort of um, you have to sort of navigate your way across the top layer to avoid plummeting to your tennis ball fiery doom in the bottom layer. Along the way, you've got little bits that you can bounce on. There's things that can speed you up and make you sort of bounce and h- for higher and for longer. And there are things that will hit you and cause you to perish. You have seven balls, and that's your time limit to sort of get from bottom to top. It's kind of a continuously scrolling pace. There's a nice parallax effect on the scrolling, so it does actually feel like it's got a nice depth, which is, which is quite nice. The graphics are actually pretty good in this game. The controls are okay for this game. It's not like it's problematic. It is you are controlling a bouncing tennis ball, so you've got to get into the rhythm of the bounce and sort of understand that if you bounce you can sort of
1: well you can sort and of that push dance
0: track. <laughs> get it forward in the rhythm of the bounce. I think it is it. Anyway.
1: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> but you <All> can right. <laughs> The rhythm of the bounce. Of the bounce. I'm pretty sure that was not a tennis ball related song. Anyway, to cut a very long story short. It's not what you call a story premise to this game. You're a ball bouncing upwards on the screen to get to the end of the level. So then once you get to the end of the level, you can go to the next level, eventually you get to bonus levels where you can sort of bounce around and accumulate score. And there are plenty of things in this, in this game that make it difficult. Now, that's the game and it's good fun and it's quite interesting and it's unusual and those are all good things. I found it to be quite sort of pleasant, I've actually written the words pleasant, bouncing, fun. It was unusual. I've I've got what obviously were you watching? <laughs> it's pleasant, bouncing, fun. Uh, there's nice depth. The scrolling effect's good. It's smooth scrolling. It's not, not juddery and it's not flickery and it doesn't have those kind of issues. It is hard. The game is tough. And um, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that is, it's pu- in fact, it's tough and punishing. The music was, I've called it twinkly twee. It just about gets away with it, just about. But it slowly over time, it wouldn't, probably annihilate your sense of well-being and <laughs> um, the problem with like with all these games um the trouble is it's just an endless kind of rep- repetition of the same thing so i had fun playing it but i could see if i was going to do that for 100 levels i might very well rethink the plan i think there's only actually 10 but yeah, i don't think you'd get to level i had trouble getting to no level it's two. very hard and <laughs> it had this annoying like, Did you meet the, did you meet the instant death problem where it spawned oh, you into instant death so mm-hmm. yeah so i encountered that a few times which is quite frustrating so I've put playable, but repetitive. That is not something you want to put on the box, but uh, that was my take on it. So I enjoyed it. I think it, there's another version of this that's actually better than this with better music and everything. So this is kind of a, I just don't get how it got gold medal when things like, where the Exploding Fist didn't. But that's my take. That's my, sorry.
1: Me <laughs> like, to this dogs day. With, like dogs with bones. We ain't letting that one go. <laughs> no, we're not going to
0: let it go. So oh, it, oh, Why? Why? <laughs> anyway, where the Exploding Fist, this ni- scored 97%. I have, I don't quite get why it did. That seems very very alarmingly high for something that's so really annoying and hard. But there is fun to be had in here, and it is unusual. But what did you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much... I mean, there is another one. There's obviously the sequel, Rebounder, which comes somewhere down the line. Um, Ironically, just as as an aside, um, I had a quick look around on this sort of thing. And on the Wikipedia page, they have the uh, front cover um, of this. Um, and on the front cover, it says, and it's on the front cover. It, uh, there's a little side thing that says it includes a free copy of Metabolists. It, ah. Instantly, it's like this. This should never have got a gold medal if it came with that crap. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you hinder this, the reputation of this game
0: giving away a, a Birdman game? I don't know,
1: Birdman, because no, it says in the little, in a little circle that says, "Is it a bird? Is it a is it a man? Neither of which has a question mark with the, either sort of thing." So I don't know if it's a statement or or whatever. Anyway, that's an aside <laughs> regarding. it's the bird of a it's the mind of a bird in the bird of a man (laughs) even giving that that away for free isn't good it's not, no, um, but that made me laugh anyway, because that's just on the Wikipedia, which it I thought... It just come out! Maybe it was a later release. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, Bounder, uh, is this a platformer? I don't know, maybe. sort of top-down tennis ball. I- ironically, you know what this made me think of sort of thing? Because the only other game I know that sort of kind c- of does something similar to this in a similar sort of way, not gameplay or anything like that, but setting-wise, is could you imagine if Bioshock Infinite did this? because you're 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 floating you're on a city floating in the clouds yes and if you if you were just that guy sort of thing and all he could do is just bounce up and down that's how you had to navigate bioshock infinite your circle may not have remained unbroken (laughs) if you played it that that kind of music for bioshock would have lasted long like that yeah well you know there's a bird in that maybe it's the metabolist connection anyway (laughs) yes you play a tennis ball very strange to play a tennis ball and you know it's, it's a you know as you said this this is pretty simple to control it's just a joystick yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah, it's, it's, it's just straightforward it, there's stuff. No, there's, no, there's no buttons no which is nice because obviously it is continuously bouncing continuously scrolling it is a real challenging game there's no two ways around that it's pretty addictive and I, th- I think you're right the the music i may be a little bit linear. i don't mind the music it does scare. it is twee um, it yeah. is it was, twee and it's twee. It's, you know, know, it's twee. Though it's got that kind of yeah. do 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 kind of and
0: thing. It's,
1: but it's okay. It yeah. fits. Yeah. I don't yeah. mind it the, it the, the visuals. The visuals are nice. They're bright. They're chunky. They they're colourful. There is a very nice, you know, parallax scrolling effect to give that sense of depth to the really uh, you that. know the distance. And the actual ball itself is really well animated. It's a really nicely animated tennis ball. I mean, it's not going to do much, but I found the um <laughs> it's nicely animated balls. Yeah, we do, we really do like a, a nice good gen. animated ball. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, who doesn't? Especially one spinning up and down, up and down. But yeah, so the the there's weird things in the background, though. I'm still, to this day, not sure what that... You know when you very first started, there's that big floating thing coming towards yes, you? Yes, yes. What is it? What is it? I don't think it should ever be known. <laughs> I don't know either. I mean, the uh, there's some nice, you know, the the, the annoying. I got to uh, where did I get to? I think somewhere midway through level three, which aren't too bad. That's pretty good going. Yeah, that's that's okay. I'm not. I was never. I was always pretty decent. as I was quite. Not only I Kevin quite Keegan far, got to level four. I said that in the I review. Feel, feel. Kevin Keegan says <laughs> I can get to level four, <laughs> even with my hair. <laughs> It appealed to him. Keegan approves.
0: <laughs> it has the Keegan
1: stamp. It's just oh, a, ra- a round image, like a logo, oh, with, no. it, with
0: his head in it going yes. Two
1: thumbs. K- the K- has the KK K- OK? Very careful. I know that's not what they wanted. Uh, yeah, so it's so it's it is very good. I think it is a really really good game. Is it gold medal material? I was yeah, even back at the day. I was quite surprised it got a gold medal. I can see kind of see why it did because it's un- it's unlike anything else. It's they kind of like you know they. I think you know Zap always seemed to like arcade arcadeness done originally. You know in an original way. And this mm-hmm. has that in space sort of thing. There's, there's very little like it. You know, yes. we've seen so it's many, unique. so many bloody platform games that you know by putting it on, it put it on the top and view. You know, top down view sort of thing, and that constant. Orthographic is the word. I think scrolling. you're looking for. Yeah, it is orthographic. That's correct. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, just I looking at the Wikipedia entry. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking for a
0: metabolist picture, aren't you? It's there, look, it's there. I, I don't need to see Birdman in my mind. The thing
1: with it, what it could have done with, and I don't know if this is in Rebound, obviously we'll, we'll visit Rebounder when it when it appears, it needed just a little bit more leniency in its collision detection. Absolutely. Quite often you'll think you've skirted around the edge of a mountain or whatever those sort of hillocks are, and you'll it'll catch you and you'll you'll explode But oh, I'm sure I got past that. And I also don't think that having you've got the question marks. So the question marks I, um, can be yeah, they can either be a bonus ball, extra time, bonus bounces, but, yeah, but whatever. Or, it should or they, never or they can be, be bad. No, or it can be instant death, teeth chomping you, dart puncturing you. That's bad. The bonuses should be bonuses, you know, because what what that then makes the player do is not use them. Yes. So you kind of like you know you learn quickly. Well, yeah. I'm not trusting that because I don't know what's going to happen. I like the and idea that's a of bad it. Thing. I like the
0: idea that you know you can take the chance if you want. It's a bit like when you take a chance card in Monopoly. You know you don't have to. Well, no, you do have to. Ignore no, what you I'm saying. I'm talking crazy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Stupid chance squares that ruined my game with their teeth yeah. stompery.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's silly sort of thing. They should have been maybe a simple way of doing it. Sort of thing would have been having them maybe flash from green to red, green to red, and trying to time your bounce uh, to land on the green. You know, something simple like that. Why did you write in? (laughs) Because because I was 13 (laughs) and I didn't know they were making it and I didn't know the address for Gremlin Graphics, (laughs) even though it was on the case for (laughs) Metabolist. I don't know. One Gremlin Square, London. (laughs) (laughs) Why did it get there? (laughs) You've uh, probably got a letter
0: back now. Dear Adrian Mills, <laughs> thank you for your letter 30 years ago.
1: Thank you for your suggestion of green and red tiles. The reason we couldn't do this... Your answer, my favourite meal is chips. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for your letter, Marge. <laughs> Right, founder. Uh, it's led us down a Ringo Starr Simpsons alleyway, <laughs> but and Bioshock Infinite. Who thought of that? No one wants to go down. Ringo Scar-, Ringo Scar. Ringo Scar. Ringo Scar is
0: the dangerous. Ringo Scar. He's <laughs> the dangerous uh, gangster equivalent. No one wants to go down his road. I Nobody. play your drums hard. <laughs> I play your drums, but not in time. I play my own time. <laughs> Ringo Scar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Either that, or he plays it slightly offbeat. Because he's a scar. Yeah, he's Ringo, scar. Ringo Scarban.
0: Yeah, he could be. Yeah, yeah he place, could do that. Uh...
1: Bounder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Bounder. Bounder. Anyway, Bounder. It could be user, a bit more user-friendly. It's the collisions that do it in. I don't like the things. However, the central core concept, the central premise, is an addictive arcade challenge. And I think on that respect, it, it does work. And it's still fun to play today. But yeah, it's bloody hard. Gold medal, though? Gold medal? <sighs> mm, probably not. Probably no, not. No way. No, it's not gold medal. I, I'm taking that medal back. I'm Not, <laughs> not having a gold giving gold medal. And giving it to exploding fist. You could have a silver medal, but you're not having gold. No. To me, this I always thought Bounder was. It's the it's a sizzler all day long. Yeah. If we're looking at those kind of things. Because so it, it is. really is. It's it's really good yeah. and it's really good at what it does. But is it a gold medal? Probably not. But I think that, I I don't know. It's probably like I said, originality, arcade challenge. It is original. That they, they were really up, you know, Zaps Arcade Alley. I don't know what you want to call it. <laughs> good way of putting it, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I say something. Sort of yeah. But you know, it's not. In no way are we saying that boundary is a bad game. It's a very good game, and I, th- it's I still think it. it pretty much works today because there's there's it's still not very much like it, is there?
0: No, I mean, did, it's not didn't, something that's been done much. Didn't we get a uh, famously get one of your? Game student groups to remake Rebounder or Rebounder. we did yes they did yeah, they did a very did.
1: good they did a very good version of we it did, as well which
0: means that there is there is like you say the central conceit works it is hard it's perhaps too hard it suffers from too hardism and uh, yeah <laughs> there's certain industries where that's welcome but this is not one of them <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, what were you watching <laughs> You were perfectly <laughs> bouncing that's <laughs> left all this on your mind <laughs> too many bouncing balls. Too many bouncing balls. So there you go. That's that's um, that's bounder. It is good, and we do recommend it sort of thing. But be prepared for quite the challenge should you endeavour to play it. There you go. So let's move on. <laughs> up next well up next we've looked at the film in some depth uh, a few a few episodes back and now we have the computer conversion of rambo first blood part two so rambo first blood part two it's the game of the film but i'm just going to shove that to one side for the moment and i'm gonna ask a question best music on the c64 yet this
0: one by far yeah absolutely yeah, i think so quite probably it's it's just, uh... just, it's just stunning it just is all around. stunning.
1: That loading to title screen music, it's loading just screen music, title it. screen music, Galway was on. It's obviously just reached another peak at it's this just, point. It's just
0: astonishing. And there's a reason why we use many of the Rambo interstitials for this podcast, because it's so, so, so good. It is. It just is. It is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I put everything is above and beyond what has gone before in tone, mood and quality. It's just like the way, you know, the way it sort of sags out of the main tune on the title screen, that dropping tempo. Doom, 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 dooms. It just comes up to the end and then just comes back in again. It's just beautiful. It's just really nicely thought. Everything about it, start off with the Morse code. Brilliant. What's what's clever with the Rambo music,
0: just for the game, I mean, just everything about it, I love it. And it is one of my all-time favourite C64 pieces of music, the whole thing, all of it. I love it. And what's (laughs) just before we dive into the game, it's because because it's the film soundtrack as well. It's not like it's just you know matt and galway making this up there's some of the stuff he has made up and some of the stuff is completely unique to the game which is amazing but some of it is straight
1: mm-hmm. from the film and it still sounds really good you've got to yeah. love that you've got to love that yeah it is because we're going to look at one a little bit later on and maybe i think in next week we're not quite so good does go according game to plan ba- even though the game is actually based on the music of I, the film. I know exactly what you're talking about we'll talk about that when we get there <laughs> <laughs> we will, we'll get there. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. We love the music to Rambo, and I think that's important to talk about because the game, it's not that great. It's not, you know, and I owned this at the time. We owned this at the time because of course we did. My brother was a big Rambo fan and he went and bought it and you kind of, you know, you told yourself, this is really great. <laughs> this is, I'm loving this, but there's problems with this game. Well, I mean, so this game is split into three sections and essentially what you have here is a commando variant. So you play you play John Rambo running around the Vietnamese jungle, shooting stuff while loads and loads of v- Viet Cong charge about randomly shooting bullets at you, and you can kill them. Your first part of this game is to get to the camp, so you move upwards. You can the thing with this at least as over Commando is it's multi-scrolling, so you can scroll up, down, left, right, and yep. diagonals. So that's quite yep. nice, and the scrolling is nice. It's nice yep. and smooth visuals. Yep. Visuals are nice and bright. Say me you. Well, yeah. Well, it's a jungle. Yeah, and it does follow the plot of the film. It does. Yes, you get to the you get to the camp. You have to equip your knife and you cut the uh you cut the guy away and then you progress upwards. You find the helicopter. You come back and then section two. You fly back to the camp, run across, cut open the bars to release the rest of the prisoners of war who all trudge on out. And Great bit at this of music point,
0: when that happens, though.
1: It is a very good bit of music at that, and uh, but you know it's handy that all the Viet Cong at this point just disappear. And then allow you to then run back to the helicopter. At which point you get chased by the, the gunship, and you've got to make it all the way to the top uh, and land, and game over. And that's it. Three sections. It's not very long to to, to complete this. You could probably do it in about five minutes. Yeah. You know, I completed it on this playthrough, which was quite nice. Yeah. Uh, the old skills, the old skills came back. Going left to right, you know, left loop, right loop. When you get chased by the helicopter. Yeah. The problem is, is that. Like it's just there's not much to it, and yeah. it seems to me that this might have been there. There seems to be elements of this game that that hint at things they wanted to do, but either couldn't because they couldn't fit it in the C64, or they ran out of time. That's exactly what I've made a note of as well. The, the exact same thing because you've got weapons you've got different weapons you've got your bow you've got explosive arrows and your knife and there seems you just equip the explosive arrows and the minigot yeah that's it why why would you equip the knife it seems to me that the whole point of the knife is that you could go through it and then maybe that you go through it silently and not alert anything and you get more weapon you get more enemies but it's just it just makes the game harder for you there's no point to it you just equip the explosive stuff and blow trees out of the way it's very unusual sort of thing because there's, there's, there's almost, you know, the, the makings of a good thing here, really, really good interest in, you know, what could be like, a you know, an early example of a stealth game. This is similar to, this could have been something like, an early, you know, the original Metal Gear, which is on the MSX, which is around about the same time. This could have been that, but the problem is, is that it's not because it's, again, that thing what we've said too many times before. There's just too many enemies on screen randomly charging about, you know, if this had been a bit of a stealth game you know, where was, you had to go in with your knife and work your way through and try and rescue the prisoners and not get seen and what have you, then this could have been quite interesting and then then for that second section where you had to blast your way out, it becomes this big blasterthon. but that first section should have been stealthy and it didn't have to you just wander up with the big blowing stuff up I, I don't know, it's okay I and mean, it looks nice, you know, Rambo looks like Rambo but those the, the Viet Cong are a bit weird and, you know, they're a bit odd an animation-wise sort of thing, but I don't, I don't know. It just feels to me like it's either either they had better, bigger plans for it and, and they had to get it out nearer, you know, as close to the release of the film as possible or they just couldn't do what they wanted to do in the C64's memory. I, I don't know. It sounds like you thought the same. I did. I think
0: that it's interesting you're looking for more substance and plot in a film that is essentially one guy killing everything that moves.
1: But he doesn't start like that with getting to the camp. He goes stealthily to the camp and that should have been represent- that could have been replicated here. It could,
0: but that is literally in the context of the film, ten minutes. <laughs> it's like the first ten minutes of it. Yeah, completely going
1: twice from. in ten minutes.
0: Yeah, that's that's my main criticism of the game is it's just too short. It's just too quick. And I think there's a couple of things to think about. Firstly, I think there's a lot of stuff in the game graphics are good there's a lot of graphics there's a lot of stuff going on there's a lot of animes there's loads of music Mm. um so and i think that has a part to play i think the ambitions of the game are clear and i rightly think you've spotted spotted the fact that the i think the truth is that the game was a toned down version of commando essentially and i say toned down because they clearly had ambitions for all the weapon types and everything else and in reality it doesn't make a difference so i think you're right i think there's a I think they wanted to make a bigger game, and they just got, they've got 64k, and probably at least 20k of that is Martin Galway's music. So, yeah, probably, yeah. So I think they were restricted in what they could really come up with, and I think pressure. The pr- the real pressure here is the time. This was a licensed game. Commando Udes wins, and a few of those were already lurking around. So you weren't going to get anywhere. It was just a band. Well, I say I say bandwagon. It's a big license, but it was a it's a weird license, isn't it? Because the film wouldn't have been able to have been seen by half the people that this game is aimed at.
1: <laughs> Probably, Because really. yeah. yeah, I mean, Rambo
0: was uh, at least um, an equivalent now, and it must have been an 18 or a 15 to 18 at least at the time, whatever the equivalent was. was it still it was a 15. So back then, the kids would have heard of Rambo, which is why I think it goes to the core of the film. So it goes for shooting, blowing things up and exploding, because that's really the only clips that people who have engaged with the film all of the messaging inside of rambo around the vietnamese um soldiers and the prison of war and all of that stuff is completely elided by this game and in actuality the only interesting bit in it is where you go and find the camp which is over within about five seconds after that Mm. the helicopter chase is a kind of redundant and because they're so easy to get out of and even though you're being chased by that hind helicopter it's not difficult to avoid in fact there's bugs in the game allow you to cheat and just get past it so mm-hmm. I think Rambo's the game this, fully enough this is the one time when the score for from Zap is about right because they gave it 65 Yeah, and I agree I think if this had all the weight makings of a if it had just stuck to its guns had 8 levels more maybe and thought about it like who does wins 2 and just instead of going for the kind of they got the initial bit really right and then everything else went kind of fell apart so there's a great first 3 minutes of this game after that it's a bit quick and easy and once you've done it, you've done it. Mm-hmm. The repeat value is, the only good thing in this is that listening to all the little bits of music and stuff all the way through the game, trying to navigate. And of course, that high score music. And it's a game that's elevated by that. This would easy, be, yeah. it, this would easy be 50% or less if it wasn't for the fact that it was Rambo and it wasn't for the fact that Martin Galway did an amazing score. This wouldn't, wouldn't even be 65%. So I like it and always have because I like Rambo. This is just disappointing that they didn't really put more thought into what would have been, what could have been something really special wasn't in the end.
1: Mm. And what I also found a bit weird sort of thing was I thought, presentationally, from the opening sort of thing, it kind of presents itself as some kind of arcade game, yes, um, with that sort of title screen and the you know the, the big long scr- you know big long title whole, you know thing and how you put your name in. This is like with, like it's similar to Hypersports. It's Is what they did with Hypersports. I think it's the Hypersports so, engine behind it. That's why. I think I think it is. Yeah, I mean it's the same guy isn't it, Dave Collier. Yeah, yeah is it I the same, same that
0: guy? That Hyper Sports engine, which is weird if you think about it. I'd like to well, see yeah. Rambo doing a javelin. He'd be good at that.
1: <laughs> probably would. He'd uh, <laughs> be really, really good at the skeet shooting. It would be awesome. But he'd probably use an M16, and you know, probably be yeah. cheating a bit. Um, <laughs> it's weird that for a game that's based on a film like this sort of thing that they've arcaded it up. And I know that it's because you know that it was aiming at that commando, and it's a bit more different. But there are there are hints that it, it, they wanted to do something more. And and I I I will. I think to this day that that opening section was supposed to be if you do it with the knife or with your because why would you have normal arrows if you do it silently it's supposed to be easier and maybe it is I don't know but it just makes no sense because you just use your big big explosive arrows to blow everything up yeah and so you know it seems it seems weird but there could have been and it wouldn't have taken much sort of thing just a case nah. of if nobody sees you or you know tone down the number of enemies and if have to have sight basically I'm looking for Metal Gear Solid here. Or Metal well, Gear, and I think Metal Metal Gear came out around this time. The first one. I think there's influence there, and is um, I think your ammo is infinite for the knives and for the
0: arrows as well, isn't it? Yeah, so, it's for
1: everything. Yeah, so which is
0: a bit strange. You know, it would have been yeah. just more challenging just to have to find ammo. Yes, which most of the other games do of this type, Commando and Who Does Wins mm-hmm. variants. Do that anyway but um, that's what
1: i mean it seems like there's don't get me wrong it's finished and it's pretty polished mm. in, in in every respect sort of thing you, you can't fault it you know there may be some little bugs here and there sort of thing but you know it works and it's nice and you know everything kind of this sort of thing but it just feels like they wanted to do something else and i mm. I wonder if the designers were stuck between the arcadeness and then um, actually having a bit more ambition a rock and a rambo and, and, place and, a, a, <laughs> yeah yeah something like that a, a rock and a troutman <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh that's that's my take, but it, i think 65 percent is pretty much bang on yes because there is enjoyment to be had here primarily yes. from the music and it, you know for, it, it will give you five minutes of fun yeah i mean I, I i like you i had the original of this game and it was in a really
0: nice box as well the tape i had i didn't have the disc i had the tape mm-hmm. it was in a really nice it wasn't like a cassette tape it was in a proper presentation box which like a it's hard to describe them now but it's like a molded plastic box that was slightly bigger than a cassette it just it was a nice package overall to get so um they knew exactly how to market this license i mean but it was the rambo license itself is a masterpiece of of design in in of itself so this is an Mm -hmm. extension of that a lot of its power and its marketing comes from the fact that it's all of those things the flaming Mm -hmm. flames and the rocket launch and all that but there you go.
1: Yeah, nice loading screen as well. I just think it's quite a nice yes, uh, picture. For once Good it picture. actually looked like Rambo. It- yeah, presentationally, everything around this is really nice. It's just you just wanted more, more, yeah, more get, game, more get, more game, and a bit more thought behind it. And it's like they almost had it. Yeah. It's just not quite there. It's yeah. a shame because it could have been really, really. This could have been really, something really special. Yes, that, but, exactly. Instead, yeah, it's a Rambo. It's just a, a big. It's just a big pig. <laughs> That's what we think of you, Rambo. Or, 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 or what? What they call it in Yorkshire? <clears throat> you see that Rambo? That Rambo. Anyway, anyway, let's move on. That's Rambo. It's okay. Five minutes of pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> That's on your Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, <laughs> let's move on <laughs> the next <laughs> right enough of that enough so our next game yeah well rambo was playable this was uh yeah so our next game is outlaws from ultimate another ultimate drag. Mm, yes (laughs) well i thought so graham what did you think this is an ultimate game this is outlaws tell us all about outlaws outlaws so you play a guy called lone rider
0: and you ride from uh (laughs) left it's a side-scrolling game you go side-scrolling to the left on your horse side-scrolling to the right on your horse periodically attacked by people on horseback and you can duck or shoot there you go that's that game. There
1: is more to it than that. <laughs> Did you not get much further?
0: No, I I I literally rode to the left, rode to the right, and took pot shots at people. Apparently I got killed. I didn't know there was any more to it. it. Was what was what else was there? There's three stages. Well I didn't make it to stage two or three. <laughs> Did you get to the house? No, I didn't. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> because I didn't like it. I didn't like I didn't like the premise of it. I didn't like the game. It felt, well, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Ultimate on the Commodore 64. This just felt like, this just felt cheap and and quite badly done. Repetitive, annoying, all the things that we've criticised Ultimate games for. They just seem to be getting worse, not better. Mm -hmm. And I don't quite get it. They seem to be mostly the same, I was attacked by almost always the same things. Every now and again, a different, different thing. I just wasn't sure why this game persisted. I thought, And I thought to myself, there must be more to it. Maybe you, maybe you jump out and there's duels and there's stuff like that to be had, but it's still going to be left to right, walking around, if I'm not on horseback, and walking around shooting stuff. It was boring. There just seemed to be no point to what I was doing. A game like this needs a point. I was just lone rider <laughs> shooting stuff, which is fine, it's a shoot-em-up, and I get that. But it was just boring. There just seemed to be no reason for me to be doing what I'm doing. If there was a, you know, get through the levels and get the shining, you know, sheriff's badge for this, you know, if this was Westworld, the game, I could have kind of got into it, I think. You know, not modern Westworld. I'm going back to the Yul Brynner, the real Westworld. Not <laughs> yes. the stupid, ridiculous one that they've got now. The, the original. But you know what? I just find it... I, I've described it as a dull, difficult-ish shooter that lacked imagination, revolved around a very simple central mechanic that came, became tedious very quickly. The graphics were okay, but a bit blocky. But I can I can get I can get past the graphics on these kind of games. But it's just that and the daft, annoying music ultimate you need to learn about not putting stupid music in your games interestingly enough there's a game that we come to later with the craziest music in it which i'll talk about but this one uh, i just find it dull and i think 35 was generous but
1: that's me okay so there are there are three stages to this game um dull, I, 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 dullest yeah so the first stage what you're in sort of thing now the, the thing is you i don't know if you realize you could make your horse jump so if you push up when you're riding sort of thing, you can jump and there's a there's a tree in the way. So you go to the right, if you jump over the tree, you get to like a homestead where there are a load of people hold up and you have to shoot Why them. Why would you realise that? Because we played it and then we got over that bit and we found them sort of thing. So you shoot them. Actually, there's four of them. There's two, three at the windows and one in the doorway. You shoot them. Shoot three of them. You get to the next stage. So the next stage, it sees you traversing Sioux Indian country. And there's, there's like, and basically all you got to do is ride to the right and just jump over um, obstacles. Every now and again, an Indian will ride past in the back and fire an arrow at you, or a Native American, sorry. Um, you know, a Sioux Indian, a si- whatever you want to, I don't know what the right word is these days. But you know what I mean? This is, you know, typical sort of, Western style nonsense. So you get to the end of this section and then you get to a town. And in this town are five bandits who are just somewhere within the town. So you you, you walk, you ride to the right, you ride to the left, and then eventually one of them will turn up and you have to shoot them. And then eventually another one will turn up and you shoot them and you have to shoot all five of them. And then it's game over. Well done. That's it. That's the game. You are not wrong in any of your criticisms, though. It doesn't get better at any point during any of these sections. I don't know why my character had such a large chin. That that confounded me. Well, he was called Chinny McGee. <laughs> well, that'll be why then. I thought he was called Lone Star or whatever his name was. That was, was his uh, special name. Lone Gibberish. Lone Idiot. It's, Lone I Rider. Like, ultimate, uh, ultimately rubbish experience due to awful controls and unresponsiveness. Yeah, it's just not good, is it? I don't know what's happened to Ultimate. You know, Ultimate's supposed to be, Everyone re- remembers Ultimate as this powerhouse of a studio software studio but i've no. not seen anything on the 64 that's been of any good any no, decent stuff whatsoever wrong. i mean
0: there's a little there's a little bit of so there's something special annoying they may be about the um the entombed games and the other you know, the staff of canop and those in the sequence they're not my cup of tea necessarily i quite liked in but they're not my cup of tea generally this one is to- totally different to them
1: but it suffers yeah. from the same problem as them
0: Pointlessness,
1: same it's just, um, awful pointless sprites yeah. as well, and backdrops are okay. And the so, sort of, and it's that weird. They've got that weird. They keep persisting in that weird 3D look. Yeah, it's just it's just it's depth. You know, it's got that kind of
0: depth effect to it. And oh, I don't like it though. It's no, it, there's a lot to dislike, and it baffles me that they just seem to be stuck in a rut with the Commodore 64 about what direction to take the games. But it, it just it conf- it confounds me that they would get so much right. I mean, even the basic games, if such as they are, and I don't mean basic programming, I just mean in terms of the programming language. I mean, the basic games on the on the Sinclair Spectrum, even down to Jetpack on the Spectrum 16K or Psst, mm. or Transam. Those games were stupidly simple. But they still work better than this. Yeah. So I don't quite get what's going wrong when you've got a computer as capable. I just think they just lost on the C64, and it sort of almost feels like they're doing stuff because they have to, not because they want to. Mm. Um, but you know what? I think there's a. Tr- Sometimes I think there's a little bit of trading on the Ultimate brand because they did have a reputation for being good. But this is what maybe the third or fourth or fifth game in a row from Ultimate that's been quite poor. So mm-hmm. there's another Arthur Penn Dragon one coming, which I completely forgot about. Dragon Skull. Exactly, and I suspect it's going to be very similar in format to the I others. D- I
1: do as well. I think it's Dragon Skull. Dragon something, other.
0: Really. Dragon Skulls. I don't know. I, you know what? The long and short of it for me was that um, I didn't enjoy Outlaws. And I think no. there's, you know, if this was, you know, can you imagine this is like, this is Red Dead Redemption, but the C64 version. <laughs> so... God. You know what? So and it is. That's what it is. You know, and I get the idea of you know, you know what, you know what is interesting. Setting a game in the Wild West, okay? But there's so much mileage into what you could do in a game of that type that this belies all that. Even with its pretty poetry-ridden intro mm-hmm. and 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 all the stuff that comes with ultimate games, they seem to be big on the the preamble, big on the production, but the games themselves do not live up to that. So for me, zzz, snooze. Yeah, I was.
1: Yeah, it was yeah boring move on yes move on yeah indeed let's move on spent too long on that one uh, yeah so let's go, let's move on yeah our last game in this section Pff, I don't think it gets much better no uh, it might even get a little bit worse uh, yeah is Starry I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna start this sort of thing with the Miyagi rating, and it's starry off. Starry on. <laughs> starry off. This is, you know, Mr. Miyagi has spoken here. This is not a good one. So, what is Starry on? Starry on is a time-traveling vector graphic 3D shoot 'em up. Oh, those are extreme words. I know they are. None of them apply to Starion though. (laughs) um, It's a conversion that should have stayed on the other computers. It came from the Amstrad, it came from the Spectrum and those computers can do vector graphics okay. The C64 does not. Stop doing it. So uh, there's there's a a big game here sort of thing because there's lots and lots of uh, sectors and things to go through and you've got to travel through time and Shoot stuff in space, and there's some nonsense about shooting things to collect letters and solve an anagram and then work out which time zone that anagram responds to or corresponds to. Sorry, uh, and that's great, you know, it sounds quite interesting, sort of thing. But the problem is, is that the actual meat of the game, the gameplay, should we say, is so drab, dull, slow, and boring. Just just no. It was just, it's just awful. I don't know. And I've, I've never seen, you know, because it runs like treacle and I've never seen lasers fire so slowly. <laughs> there was the just the worst laser effect so I've seen. So slow, yeah. Um, and, and I've been on safari. Um, <laughs> it's just dreadful. You know, I didn't even know if I was shooting stuff and then those letters coalesce and you'd fly through them and... Uh, no, this was a big turn-off for me. I, I You know, I, d- I didn't like this. I didn't like the advert when we looked at it. I thought, it, you know, we knew what was going kind to of come, come. We knew this was some vector graphic nonsense. The C64 doesn't do vector graphics very well, and it all adds up to bad game, in my opinion. Are you? Did you enjoy your time no. travelling shenanigans with Starion? No, no, I didn't. The game's funny enough, you're a
0: uh, pilot of the Starion. The game's set yeah. in t- 2010, I know, I know it is. <laughs> Which explains a great deal, because I was alive in 2010. <laughs> I can tell you that uh, slow-moving vector graphics were not a strong point of anything. <laughs> they were pretty fast by then. Long and the short of this game is, let's just cut to the chase. It's just vector graphics. The C64 doesn't do them very well. So what you end up with is judder, 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 juddery stars, juddery space, juddery lasers. Slow, 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 ploddy, slow, rubbish gameplay, and it ruins it. If the game needs uh-huh. to be twice as fast to be playable, and when you're not, when you don't have that frame rate, nothing is more depressing than flying through space like this. <laughs> it is bleak. It's just slow. You know, it makes space travel seem. I mean, I know it would be quite bleak anyway, but it just seems pointlessly difficult. When you're shooting at things, it's annoyingly hard because they, because of the slowness, it, things judder around. So one minute it's in your line of sight, the next minute it's seventy pixels to the left, and it's just annoying. So, no, the music was crazy in this game.
1: It I is crazy. What was, the, what was the music? I can't remember so it. So you
0: get, you get a really wild version of Ride of the Valkyries, which is weird enough. It's not as good as a Black Hawk version, but it's okay. But then it goes into the... And this is the first time I've ever come across this in a game. And I recommend you just load it up and play it just to hear this. And just you have to, you have to wait a bit. There's okay. it, it, like a mad prog rock keyboard solo in the music and i mean i read like a real prog rock kind of, kind of real <laughs> okay proper, you know real rush circa 1975 maybe 78 proper prog <gasps> rock keyboard solo in here um, and it really surprised me and that's and i had actually had in the background and i was writing my notes and then I, I nipped off to the loo came back and that's i noticed it i was like what the heck is that so in there okay for some reason there's a there's you know Kim Crimson stepped in to the music <laughs> and like, you know what? This game's rubbish and the vectors are awful. We're going to change people's perceptions. So Emerson, in like is that. turned up. Honestly, it is, there's a mad keyboardy, proper synth sounding, like late to mid-70s sounding synth. You know, proper, proper prog rock synth. Do check it out for that. The rest of the game is absolute dog egg. Not worth the time of day. <laughs> um, starry off is a generous description. And people paid £10 for this. They will not hang in if they did that. You, you know, it's wrong. Don't oh, hang, no, so you 10 don't 10 hang the people, that's wrong. 9 95 for this is a rip-off. Rip Outlaws,
1: was, Outlaws was a tenner as well. This is two, two games for a tenner, about 20 quid. Imagine you spent 20 quid on these
0: two. Well, the thing is, like you said, it's better on <sighs> every other platform, you know, so it's clearly a, a port too far. Mm. All the other platforms do vector-back graphics better. The Sinclair Spectrum, Z80 processors, even the BBC Micro, central processor, albeit it's because it's almost the same. It just operates quicker than the Commodore 64, so when it comes to vector graphics like this, nah,
1: forget it. Move on. Waste of time. Yep, absolutely. It is a waste of time, and I think on that note, we'll we'll end our look at the games in there for for part one. That's a that's a that's a downer to end on. A starry yes. off, a, a proper turn off. Starry off. Turn starry it off. off. Starry. Yeah. Starry night. No. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, Starion. Good night. (laughs) Good night. Yeah. So, on that note, we'll end there. We'll be back in a brief moment where we will be looking at what was going on in music in February 1986. So, stay with us. To our sponsor, DavidHearnWriter.com, where you'll find audiobooks for just a few quid. Dave's feature book this week is Starfarers and Thanians in Space, set in a hostile galaxy mirroring real nations and world events. Standing against dodgy aliens is reluctant hero Deacon. The story features a robot named One Two Eight, who is referred to as a white elephant. The audiobook is available at Google Play, Apple Books, Audible, and visit DavidHearnWriter.com to find out more. Are you, you back right music in february 1986 what was going on what were we listening to what was the uk listening to well the uk was listening to primarily two things all month two things we had a number one single that was number one all month previously we'd had the joys of um, West End Girls by Pet Shop Boys and Sun Always Shines on TV by Aha. Going into February, we have When the Going Gets Tough, The Tough Get Going by Billy Ocean. Number one, all month. (laughs) All month. I don't think we've had this since Jennifer Rush have we when did the is um, this, did the film come out in 1986 it must it must yeah because obviously when the going gets tough the tough get going is the Romancing the Stone yeah yeah spin off single so probably I don't think we have Romancing the do we have Romancing the Stone this, this month I'm not sure we I don't think we, we do we haven't seen it in any of our no so film I releases, think it, must, so. it probably comes out definitely not this month so it'll probably be next month I would have thought but obviously they're, they're, they're laying the groundwork for uh, Michael Douglas and um, Kathleen Turner's yeah Costa Rican Adventure or whatever it is is it Costa Rica yeah, uh, yeah. Costa Rica.
0: yes I believe it is with Danny DeVito it as is. well
1: which is Danny DeVito yeah take a look at those snappers <laughs> that's the line i You <laughs> remember from it <laughs> He's got his crocodile. You do, better, you do better. I don't remember anything about it other that's than... That's not the Danny that DeVito. She... That, that's Danny DeVito's brother, who's, who's after the uh, El Corazon, El Corazon, the heart. Oh. I, run, I remember he, um, he chops her
0: high heels off with his, uh, with his machete knife, as much as I remember.
1: He does. Uh, we'll probably, obviously, we'll talk about that film when we hit it sort of thing. But this is this, this song. Billy Ocean has a, you know, I'm not a Billy Ocean. It's a great tune. I do like this song. Um, I have to say, like the video with them, you know, singing backing vocals. Right. had the three of them, in, three of them in the white suits, I think, didn't it? And they were yeah. all singing backing vocals. Yeah, uh, you know, it, this is as as. as as film songs go, this is a pretty decent one. I think I quite like this. I've got nothing bad to say about this. I don't know if you like it or not, but you know, all it's right. fine. So- yeah, it's all right. It's, it's you know, it's a fun tune, shall we say. I don't, I don't think it needs to be number one all month, though. <laughs> well, I think it's only the only reason it's number one all month is because there's nothing else that challenged it. Mm, yeah, probably, probably, and because number one album course, number one album was, it came back to number one. We've already covered this and we've looked at this before, but it was all month, Dire Straits, Brothers in Arms. Why did that come back? Uh, Because I think there was a single released. I can't remember, but I think they had a a single off it come out. Um, And obviously then it just went straight back in. At number one, everyone went and bought it again. And it was, this was its 41st week at the beginning of February in the charts. So... Popular. To be number one again after 41 weeks in the charts—that's pretty good going. Yeah, must be something about it. That album was massive. It was huge. It was. But even then, you know, so even so said it before, said it again. Not my cup of tea. Yeah. Not not for me.
0: I know you like them, so you know. No, know. I like like a few tracks by them, but and it's it is quite a good album. I just didn't think it was that good. I mean, goodness me, but you know, we just. But I think what it points to really is the fact that there's less. It says less about how good it is and more about how less it's been challenged by anything that's better.
1: Probably. Also as well, I have in my head, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't Dire Straits Brothers in Arms one of the first big CD album releases it could easily be, actually, yeah. I think it is a CD I have it thing. in my head that it was one of the, you know, it was the birth of CD around this period of time. Yes, and this yes. was probably a lot of people buying their very, you know, ooh, I'll get get this yeah. on CD because it was... It was also, I think I think you're right.
0: I think it was in... Do you remember those... Um, you used to be able to get like six CDs for your CD player for, um, in the library and every month we'll send you our uh, latest albums, if you know. <laughs> maybe, I, yeah. I, I, I think it was one of those. I mean, mo- most people ended up with at least... The, uh, the various Queen um, <laughs> compilation albums and at least one or two Madonna compilation albums through that process. I know I did. And the so, Beatles uh, album, probably. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to end up with the best of, you know, the best of gang. And I suspect somewhere in the... Re- that's fell in there somewhere, maybe. But it's a long time to be in the charts, 41 weeks. So it's basically, yeah. a, principally, a year in the charts. It's crazy. It's what it was
1: back then. I mean, we covered Thingy, didn't we, um, Bruce Springsteen, a while back? And yeah. it was like 60, sixty weeks in the charts. Albums stuck around back then; they stuck around forever. Well, do you know
0: what? It's they were not released every five minutes. I mean, nowadays music's released pretty much all the time. Then you know it took. I know ta- I've, really, it took I've time. released five
1: singles while I've been doing this. Exactly,
0: that's what I mean. I mean, my seventeenth album's come out last in the last <laughs> couple of minutes, um, and that's just today. Um, but no, they, they. I think albums were big productions, and they probably still are, but perhaps. Modern technology being what it is, they're not quite as complex to produce. I don't know.
1: <laughs> with with, the, with the modern technology, thing,
0: yeah. <laughs> we don't need. Well, the thing is, it's just I wonder, you know... it. We don't need artists. <laughs> there was a reason why these artists got huge advances and lots of studio time and everything else. And when they recorded these albums, it took years to record sometimes and get right and engineered. Yeah, and now Bobby McGee can do it on his laptop with a couple of microphones and, and a decent DAW software. So... I wonder. He gets about he gets
1: about that, Bobby McGee. He's a clever guy. He really is a clever guy. And he he's got access to lots of uh, cheap tech. He does. He's knocking out these albums. He does. More than you know. He does know. indeed. He does. All right. That's enough. Enough about Dire Straits. I don't care for dire Straits. Let's move on. No. What was there any singles of note? In the month of February, second of February, we had Eloise by the Damned in at number eighteen. The worst single <laughs> the damned ever released. Was it? I like Eloise.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's the worst single they ever released. <laughs>
1: Am I the barometer of crapness? <laughs> no, <laughs> the worst superhero ever. The barometer
0: of crap. The Damned are a good group, and this belies everything they ever released prior to it because it's it's just awful compared to everything else they ever did. Well, I so. like it. <laughs> to quote our friend, and and the reason, but I suspect, and I'm and I don't mean to you know speak ill of the Damned, but it is the most gothy thing they ever released. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. So which is probably why it falls on your radar because you were quite the yeah, gothic, gothite. But yes, the I was, they, were a punk, they were essentially a punk band and their rest of their output is nothing like Eloise.
1: No, I know. And that's why I like Eloise and not much of their other stuff. But it got to got number 18, which means it was popular.
0: Well, it went in at number 18. Strangely enough, it's not the song they sang when they were on the Young Ones back in the 80s because they sang um, Video <sighs> Nasty back then. But there you go.
1: I'll take your word for it. <laughs> there you go oh, I, only, 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 only band I remember on Young Ones was uh, Motorhead doing yes. uh, The, the yeah, of Space The, the, the
0: space, I did of on the classic Bambi, Bambi episode in yeah. the train station yeah classic <laughs> classic <laughs> so but weird A video nasty one we got a video got, everyone remembers that episode and that's the one the damned are in
1: okay I, I, <laughs> I, I, vague, I vaguely remember it the, the, the Young Ones all there's twelve. What's the twelve episodes, and they all kind of mushed together into yes, one. True. One massive, true. just you know, <laughs> thing of that thing of like Rick and Vivian and Neil and Mike. Yes, it's hard to, it's hard to remember. I remember moments. Well, the thing I always remember is the uh, what was it? What's the thing on the um, and I still use this line to this day, and no one gets it. There's something on the on one of the mantelpieces that just turns around and goes, Don't look at me, I'm irrelevant.
0: Oh, yeah, they do that a lot in that. It's very strange throwback <laughs> that. it's some,
1: just some weird little of, mouth that happens all
0: the way through. They do little strange things in the, in the young ones. There was a lot of stuff like that. There was little yeah, there was the hamster. There was, the, Yeah, there was... Uh, what was it called, the hamster? Um, I can't remember. Yeah, there was the hamster. Was it there GBH was or something. GBH, yeah, something like that, yeah. It was Don't Look At Me, I Was Irrelevant, and there's all those kind of things, yeah. It's, it's a very strange show. L- Alexis, Marianna, Ale- Marianna basically
1: an, an Alexis Hale stand-up routine for five minutes every week. He's actually not in it as much as you'd think. <laughs> I thought he was in it loads. He seems to always turn up
0: in it sort of thing, just doing a stand-up. I'm not a vampire. I'm a taxi driver from Johannesburg. <laughs> I
1: really like it. I really, really like... <laughs>
0: the young ones, and yeah, uh, yeah. so a don't very big spot. And you're right.
1: Don't don't remember much. It's, like I said, it's just all much of a muchness. It's just all one big
0: sort of momentary thing.
1: Yeah. Same day, 2nd of Feb, And She Was, by Talking Heads in at number 45. My favourite Talking Heads song, that is. Uh, from your worst The damn song to your favourite
0: Talking yes, Heads song. it is. I like, I like Talking Heads, but that's my favourite Talking Heads song. It's it is a good song.
1: Good good uh, I, that I song. That. Yeah, it is. Now we've got The Yin and Yang of Motley Crue. <laughs> in at number 69 how apt <laughs> how ironic <laughs> smoking in the boys room which i don't like but i really do like home sweet home by yes. uh, Motley Crue. it's such it's so cheesy and it's got such a good guitar solo apart yes. from the wheelie bin but it's got great guitar noise in it and it's just a big sing-along anthem track yeah. that just gets me in the feels yeah. <laughs> for some stupid reason you know it's a piano it's, oh, it's nice. I, I like, like country, you know.
0: less Motley Crue tracks than I hate. So that's the only <laughs> downside.
1: That sounds like Bilbo's goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I like la- half Motley Crue tracks more than I should, and half of them less than I don't. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine B- Bilbo Baggins does uh, Motley Crue? <laughs> that would be outright weird. If there Lord was of just the all, crew. Lord of the Crew, all the
0: Baggins is just at uh, these. <laughs> 111th birthday party. The big in Lord of the Rings. Motley Crew just make an appearance and it's like, <laughs> Bilbo, who are these people? It's Motley Crew. Gandalf, just go with it, you freakish oaf. Uh, anyway, so no, I, but there are some Motley Crew songs that are great. These are all right. in the boys' room is awful, but Home Sweet Home is a bit of a bit of a humdinger. So
1: yeah, I do like Home Sweet Home. But um, interesting, that was a it was a probably a double A side. Further on down the chart, The Bangles in at number 85 with Manic Monday. oh I hate that song. <laughs> Why? But, it was, but, it's, it's an offensive bangles pop.
0: Exactly. That's the exact reason I hate it. It's just, it's just kind of miranda I it. it's, so a, it's so, it's a,
1: just, it's just. But it will climb a lot higher. It's, I know that. It, but i but looked it's at the got charts.
0: Got Susanna Hoffs. So, it has got Susanna Hoffs. All bets
1: are off. <laughs> all, bets, all, all bets, are Hoffs. Yes, they are. So. Yep, they split up, didn't they? Because of her. Because I can she, became, she split up a lot of people. Well, she, she I think it was after um, Eternal Flame. Um, where yeah. she was the um, main focus on that the media focused a lot more on her and it caused my understanding is it caused friction in the band um, which yeah. led to their eventual you know split should we say yes number 92 was in excess with this time oh i hate in excess really yeah hate em. what's wrong with in excess but do you mean what's wrong with
0: them? There's one good song, and it's not even that good. It's repetitive, boring nonsense, and that's not this song. <laughs> in
1: Excess. In Excess awful. were, were pre- pretty good. I liked no, they, In Excess. they weren't good. Yeah, they t- were. No, they were not. Awful. Kick and, Kick and Listen Like Thieves are very good albums. No, they're not. Yeah,
0: You, have, you need yeah, to go re-listen really to them. They're not. They're really not. People who listen to this podcast, take this very seriously. Do not waste <laughs> your time in Excess. And, and if you really you don't believe me, just listen to the last album they put out. No, 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 no. And no, then no, tell no. me
1: how wonderful they are. They're early stuff, things like uh, Shibushi (laughs) Bar and stuff like that. I have time for, but listen like these and and um, and kick.
0: No, good stuff. No, boring repetitive gush nonsense.
1: Well, at least we can agree on the next one. Let's move on. Sixteenth Feb, there was nothing on the ninth of Feb that I found of any interest. Sixteenth of Feb, we had Stripped by Depeche Mode in at number twenty-three.
0: Yeah, you can't can't go wrong with a bit Depeche Mode. Really? No, Actually, I recently realised, by the way, it's not depeche. Is it depeche? It's depeche mode. Yes, it is. Depeche mode. Yes. I'm not
1: saying depeche mode.
0: I, I was watching a Top of the Pops uh, special with Dave Gahan, who said it's pronounced depeche.
1: Yeah, but you've got. You've got it's, yeah, but it's Dave Gahan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, how like you pronounce his name? Dave Gahan said it was <laughs> <Gahan>. depeche. <laughs>
1: So it's Depeche <laughs> Mode.
0: It's, uh, I, I've always called it Depeche Mode like you called it Depeche Mode. I've like it Depeche
1: Mode. But it's Depeche. No, I'm not calling it Depeche. Which makes sense,
0: really, because that is is what it's... It's just Depeche, really, but Depeche, like the gangster version... <laughs> It's, mode. it's capiche mode, capiche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mode. Yeah, capiche. you <laughs> capiche mode, capiche.
1: Anyway, it's a good song regardless. It is a good one. Stripped. Yes, we do like that. 23rd of Feb, in at number seven, was one of those was one of those bands that I never could get on with, sort of thing, I don't know if you ever did. Uh, kind of an image band, should we say. There was Love Missile F-111 nah. by Sig Sig Sputnik. No,
0: no, 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 no. They were just a great big market and exercise, and it was wasted on me, I'm afraid.
1: Yeah, it was me as well. Even at the time I didn't I didn't buy into them. No, they were considered the most expensively produced band of all
0: time at that point because they just had money yeah. thrown at them to because they were just an image being sold out there in the world and this is just awful, so nonsense.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't like them. No. And then at number uh, number 26, uh, Hounds of Love by Kate Bush, who we've uh, eulogised about yeah. in the past. Yeah,
0: classic Kate Bush.
1: And we do like Kate Bush. So that's that. That's your singles for the month of February. What do we have for albums? You're not going to like 2nd of Feb because we've got Listen Like Thieves by In Excess. No. <laughs>
0: no, rubbish.
1: <laughs> it's not. It's in at number 82. The thing, with the, the thing what I found interesting about those is that, you know, In Excess would go on to become... Massive, um, oh, yeah, they you know, were they, were, they, were, they were huge, and it's just weird, sort of thing, that they, you know, this album comes in at number 82, and listen like these would go on to become quite a big album. Uh, it's, it's just interesting that it came in at it Back came in, in at those that early point. days. So.
0: People in the 80s knew what they were listening to, and then later down there, their were, brains were mindwashed with mind rubbers and they <laughs> forgot what it was actually like. And it's just, I, I've never got on with an excess, I haven't, I, and it's because I find the songs just pitifully disparagingly repetitively annoying that said you know what it got in number 82 and it there was a time when they became crazy
1: popular i think
0: it was around the time he was, they was had an album Ca-
1: go straight at number one
0: yeah dating cali minogue as well and he, he was a rock star the guy i mean don't get me wrong michael hutchins is a very charismatic great rock star great rock star persona but that's all they had as far as i could see you know so but there you go anyway there it is 82 <laughs>
1: Next week on uh, we <laughs> hate in excess. <laughs> Next week for reasons Podcast. why not to like in excess. Next week on zapped in excess. Right ninth of February. Well, in at number twenty three was Jonathan King's Entertainment USA with various artists on it. I don't know what it you is. Do. Told you, just compilation albums. Compilation yep. madness. I never knew much about Jonathan King. The only thing I knew him from was from Entertainment USA. Same. But I went and I went and had a look, and he was he's got quite a varied and illustrious musical career behind him. None of which I can remember right now. And he ended up in jail. (laughs) Well,
0: you know. Yes, he did.
1: Yeah, (laughs) he did. Horrible things. Um Yeah, he did. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying this. This is just a weird thing, something, because obviously this was a... We were saying about compilation albums, and this was just a compilation album based on his TV show. Well, do you know, the one thing I will say, uh,
0: because aside from, you know, whatever happened with Jonathan King, it's not a podcast to dive into that crazy world, however that show that he had was the one place you could almost guarantee to see really early movie trailers. And, yeah, it's the same you with know, USA. Yeah, yeah, every now and again you'd see like a, a movie trailer that something wasn't even going to be released in because it's, it's easy to think now that movies are released everywhere at the same time. Back then, it might be a year before it was released in the UK when it was released in the USA. Yeah, yeah. And so when you saw these early trailers, sometimes you were like, oh my God, that looks amazing. I think, they, I think it was them that showed the Revenge of the Jedi trailer in the UK for the first time before it was obviously t- turned into Return of the Jedi. But I'm pretty sure that was on Entertainment USA and everyone was salivating at the thought of... Uh, Quite possibly. And, stopped, and there was that amazing shot in that trailer when uh, Luke Skywalker's dressed all in black and he's actually in the film, obviously, he's off to see Darth Vader, but he's stood next to the Imperial Guards and he's at like Darth Vader and, oh, the panic uh-huh. it caused in 1980, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that, that can't be, it can't be, because that was, that was like 1983. Oh, stupid timelines have all got crossed over.
1: (laughs) It was on on for a long time before that. (laughs) We we sometimes have to uh, stop Graham sort of thing and and just feed feed him his medicine, but pat his head a little bit (laughs) and calm him down. And we just let him go off on his little rants. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, I'm pretty sure I saw that, but I could be wrong. We had had that trailer. We had um, a dodgy bootleg copy of uh, Empire Strikes Back that my brother got from somewhere in London through the post and on the front of that there was the Revenge of the Revenge of the Jedi trailer and it had that it, it was a load of still images though it was all made up of still images mm. there was there was Han on the uh, pole about to go on the fire for the Ewoks I remember that shot but there was definitely there was uh, Luke next to Vader as they're going up in the escalator all in yeah. black and the, yeah. so I do remember es- that, that the escalator, <laughs> not the escalator the, in the lift I want it to be an escalator though because that would be <laughs> so be like, good. like just the emperor <laughs> cackling in the background <laughs> well, Vader, Vader wouldn't be able to go up on the escalator sort of thing because his, his cloak is going to get caught I'm also going to say be like
0: Luke hold on to the handrail
1: <laughs> stand these behind thing, the these yellow. things are dangerous stand, stand clear of the yellow line
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't teeter on the edge
1: Luke Oh, only now can you experience the full power of lifts. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, yes. Um, so Jonathan King's Entertainment USA number twenty-three. Um, in at number seventy-one uh, was Radio by LL Cool J. That so was of, of note. Um, I know nothing about LL Cool J apart from he sang some songs and, and he was he in Deep loved. Blue and he was in Deep Blue Sea. Uh, was he? Yes, oh, he is that? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Ladies love
0: Cool James. You mean LL Cool J?
1: That's. From what I've been told, yeah.
0: Yes, and uh, no, Radio <laughs> was not a song I remember greatly. I remember he did better songs than that, yeah.
1: so album, yeah, I don't know. think I, I, <laughs> I
0: Need Love on it. It must be on that, I think. That was the big hit he had in the UK. I don't know about that. But...
1: Pro- probably. Uh, um, I don't know. Anyway, uh, 16th of Feb saw Ozzy Osbourne in at number eight with The Ultimate Sin. Which I'm hoping describes that album. Mm, I don't know. Will do. Yeah, were you an Aussie solo fan? Is that that an Aussie solo? So is that uh, Shardy and the Dark and all that? Quite possibly around that time. Him and what's his. Who was was the guitarist, Randy Rhodes, was it? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't hugely into that
0: Aussie 80s vibe. Um, It was kind of on the. What was that rock show that we used to watch late night on ITV? Power Hour or? Yeah, Power Sound Power or Power Hour. Raw Power. Raw Power. That was it it would be on that and I'd be listening thinking it's not quite my thing so but he did what he did you know nah, it's not, it's not, because, I didn't
1: dig well, it a, a week later now, am I right in thinking, sort of thinking I can't remember I don't know these but Seventh Star by Black Sabbath came out that went at number 27 the 23rd of February no was it was Ozzy Osbourne in Black Sabbath or was he in Deep Purple which one was it he's in Sabbath is he in Sabbath yeah it's weird that they would release an album within a week of each other. Well,
0: I don't know that Ozzy was in Sabbath at that point.
1: No, I don't think he was. I'm, so I'm, so it Maybe it may he was. I mean, I don't know. Somebody who may be into Black Sabbath and Ozzy Osbourne might be able to tell us correctly. I, mean, I could always Wikipedia it. So it, was I de- it was definitely, Ozzy Osbourne bothered. was definitely in Black Sabbath, he was. I can not remember. I, I, know he, I know he was the voice of one of those well, big the original sort of mem- 70s, the Original, original members: uh,
0: it's Ozzy Osbourne, uh, Tony Iommi. I want to say, was what he was James Roney D- Dio in? Anyway, I don't know. I, it's, it's stretching my memory of Black Sabbath to the point where I don't want to think about it because I wasn't that into <laughs> him, quite honestly. I just remember he had metal no. fingers, not metal fingers, but he had metal tips to his fingers <laughs> and uh, that gave Was him a unique Mickey? sound. <laughs> he had metal tips to his fingers, didn't he? Tony uh, Iomid. Tony Iommi. Tony Iommi. yeah, because he had the chop- top the- of his fingers were famously chopped off in an accident and so he replaced the tips of his fingers with tiny, with metal caps, but like thimbles, which made him play a lot heavier on his guitar and that is what defined the sound of Black Sabbath. That's a true fact.
1: I I, I can't tell if you're um, <laughs> No, that's true. <laughs> me that's, on. true. No, that's, true. <laughs> that's
0: honest that's the honest to God truth. He's still got if you look at him today he's still got he had um It's like, out, outside
1: let me just shout him in hang on
0: i honestly <laughs> he had the he had an industrial accident in the factory that he worked in and it chopped the tops of his fingers off and and he had to reteach himself to play guitar using ah. little metal caps that he put on top of his fingers so he could hold the strings down without agonizing pain i imagine
1: I wonder how much, and um, pay, that didn't help you find he the got. sign I don't, I don't know i wonder if you no, got I much compensation know. for that that is something,
0: if you email him, um, he's very, very responsive on email and he would he would happily tell you that.
1: And also what his favourite food is. Yeah, which is chips. Which is <laughs> chips. <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> My favourite food chip. is chips.
1: <laughs> it's always <laughs> chips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right, there we go. That's your music. So what do we have? We had uh, Dire Straits and Billy Ocean ruling the roost at number one in in uh, albums and singles all, all month. We had a bit of Eloise, a, a, a bit of Depeche Mode, some Motley Crue and Graham's favourite, NXS. So <laughs> that's our music. We'll be back in a moment with our second lot of games for this episode. So please stay with us. <laughs> big
0: shout out to our sponsor, davidhernwriter.com, where you'll find bargain books and audiobooks. Dave's feature book is Starfarers and Tharnians in Space, where Deacon enlists the help of allies like the cloaked ship Xenatis and a station full of pirates against the Tharnians. Meanwhile, his friend tries to win a Cobra spaceship from a giant claw machine. Audiobook available at Google Play, Apple Books, Audible, and other cool places. Visit davidhernwriter.com to find out more. Oh, and Dave's podcast pick is Rambo, partly for the Galway Sublime Music.
1: Welcome back. So we've got our next lot of games, Uh, another four for your delectation and delight. And the first game we'll be looking at right now is Fight Night. So Fight Night has been previewed and mentioned and talked about in previous uh, issues of Zap64. But now here we finally have the review and it comes in at a sizzler with 93%. There's not much to this review. They just go tell you to read the preview, which is a weird thing. But anyway, Fight Night is another boxing game. It's another month, another boxing game. <laughs> it's side on view, so it's similar to uh, Byron McGuigan's boxing not your Frank Bruno, you know, behind the back view. It's it's a boxing game, but it's, you know, the, the thing with this, the big selling point for Fight Night is its big old cartoony sprites and its, its jovial atmosphere and its more cartoony, larger-than-life, over-the-topness, should we say, and that's that's really it. And that really is all it has going for it. They're, they're nice. They're, they're well animated. There's there's some various things you can do in this. You have a tournament mode, so you can you know you've got basic fight through all the fighters to get to the the end guy. There's some typical. The names are not as bad as Fred bruno's boxing the only one that's pretty dubious was who him which was the the chinese fighter mm. but you know we're, we're, we're quite some distance away from um you know tribal trouble and things like that and fling long chop mm-hmm. so you know i could what is it what is it with boxing games and these sort of stereo, because you've got there's the british bulldog or whatever it's called or something it's just you know nationalistic stereotypes i don't know but these aren't as bad, shall we say, as what we saw previously. So no, they're not. You know, you know. So I'll cut it a little bit of slap maybe. And and it, you know, it's more. It is a lot more cartoony, should we say? And this, it is what it is. The problem with this. Okay, so yes, yeah, so you've got that. You've got the fight all the way through. them. sorry. I'll come back to the problems in a minute. You've got tournament mode in which you can fight with uh, two players. You've got you can yeah. build your build your own boxer which is quite interesting. You can. And and you can make your boxer from all the different various components of the five boxers that are present in the game, or five or six. So you can have a head from one, a body from another, shorts different colour shorts another, and the legs of something else. And then you can colour them any kind of colour you want, sort of thing. so you can have an all-purple boxer if you want, which is kind of strange. And it's unusual when you can then fight your way through the title, you know, something like that. So you can have a little bit of a... And you can give them strength so you can say how hard they hit the head to compare to how hard they hit the body yes you can. Um, and and how hard how well they tech hits to the head and how well it tech hits to the body the main problem with this boxing game is the boxing because there's nothing to it you essentially have you know zap saying you have eight moves it's like well yeah but you're counting walking backwards and forwards upwards and downwards guard faking a punch to the head and faking a punch to the body as six moves but is all i can see here you've only got two attacks and that's hit the head or hit the or hit the body and that's it the whole point of this is just to land as many as you can to get their knockout bar full and then you knock them out and that's it. it 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 lacks any kind of real atmosphere there's so much emphasis put on the big sprites that you're just fighting it it's really weird you're fighting against a bland a plain blue background there's there's so little beyond those sprites in this that it's strange i mean they're well animated don't get me wrong and some of the sort of the special moves that they do are quite funny but yeah you know, I, I made it with with very little attempts. I think I made it through to the fourth boxer on my first go just mm. by doing the same thing. There's, there's very little to any of this. And that was the main problem I had with it. It's just, it's so shallow. It looks pretty, but it's as shallow as a puddle. And as a boxing game, you know, I'm going to say, just go play Barry McGuigan because Barry McGuigan... Drops all over this from a massive height. Baron McGuigan's career mode and boxer mode and everything you can do in Baron McGuigan and its actual fighting and the, the the multitude of different attacks you can do and everything you can do within Barry McGuigan is so much better than this uh, that you know I can only presume that they were just sucked in by those big old cartoony sprites because it's um un- you know it doesn't look like anything else. But there's so little game here that, you know, it, it kind of amazed me that it got such a high score. I don't know. Did you feel the same or did you uh, enjoy your time with it more than I did? Yeah, I felt like
0: I, I must have missed a meeting when they decided <laughs> to give this game 93%. It, 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 I don't get it. I don't get how this game scored this highly. I thought it was laboured, dull, twitchy. I thought the graphics were OK and quite interesting, but they belied anything else because the game just felt... But you didn't really have much control over what you were doing. And the control you did have was kind of really, really perfunctory. Mm-hmm. So what you ended up with was some nice looking graphics not doing much in the ring. In spite of the fact that there were uh, multiple modes, there was the, the m- full m- all the modes you mentioned. Not all of those modes were available on tape.
1: No, the tournament mode, was it? The wasn't available.
0: No, so it what annoys me a little bit is that um, there's 11 boxes you have to fight to get to the final champ the Bronx bomber and I don't think I would have persevered with it it is like taking all of the bits out of Frank Bruno's in terms 11, of its context it's there's 11 boxes in it there's 11 different opponents on the way to the final champ in that game but okay. either way it takes all the elements of Frank Bruno's that don't work and all the elements of Byron McGuigan's that could work in the right context and merges them into something that is just misses them up. I didn't get it. Even designing your own characters, that that is about the nicest thing you could say about this game is that you could do that. Mm. And that is a precursor to things that happen much later in games when you can design your own characters and how much fun did you have with those games on the PS, on the, on the Sony PlayStation when you could design your own characters there? Is it the Dancer Prancer, one of your famous characters oh. from Soul oh, Soul, Soul
1: Calibur yeah, Soul Soul, Soul 2 or 3, I can't remember which one it was. I think it was Soul Calibur 3, yeah. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, okay,
0: so the idea of designing your own characters is fine. I just found myself playing, sparring, fighting against characters that I had literally no interest in beating and seeing what would happen. And I think it's partly because the ones that are in Baron McGuigan, um actually felt like you were fighting boxers. They kind of had a, and I think it's because of the way you choose your, your elements in Barry McGuigan. So you're choosing, you kind of, you know, you train and you do all that stuff because that doesn't have any of this. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And so it goes to that kind of arcade. It doesn't matter. You're just fighting people, but it doesn't work. It only works really in Super Punch-Out in the arcade because it's Super Punch-Out in the arcade. And even then it has its own series of problems. So for me, this felt like a big miss i didn't have much fun with it and i thought the sound effects considering this is a boxing game were shocking even Mm -hmm. the bell didn't sound very good and and that's the sound you can get right on pretty much anything so (laughs) i just thought it was just considering this had such a big write-up in zap in Mm. its preview and everything else and i think i think that they when they got this they were like they were expecting it to be a far more polished and finished game than they got it felt to me—I don't know if you felt this—that some of the menus on it were just kind of shoved in. There wasn't much design or rhyme or reason around them. That the presentation that was shocking. Yes, yeah, what I mean. So I think I think that they'd they made the game and then they thought you know because this is I think there was pressure to, to get it released. So I don't think that much more was added to it from the previews that Zap saw way back when yeah. he reviewed it that way. Yeah, the way.
1: presentation was just like grey screen with black, yeah, black normal Commodore text. The Commodore font, yeah.
0: And when it was loading, there was that awful purple ticket thing. Oh. and It's just awful. And then, do you know... I don't know why, but the guy that I was fighting, the first guy, was some kind of nerdy guy. I don't know if his name was Nerdy
1: Johnson or whatever. Peter, he, Peter Peabody, I think, someone else. Yeah, he like. just kept
0: trying to grab my testicles all the time and do some kind of <laughs> tickle-my-balls move. You know? I was just like, you know what? You know, There's probably back in the 80s, there was giddy laughter, maybe, at, you know, some oh, yeah. something like that. Just now, I just think it was just a bit of a waste of time. The trouble is, we've played Barry Wiggins, so do that as a boxing game, mm-hmm. or, you know, don't do this. The thing is that these games keep getting, getting released, boxing games and these kind of things. But Brad McGuigan's out there. If you're going to play it, play a boxing game where you do actually feel like you're playing a boxing game. That's the one. This one yeah. is meant to be comedic and comedy and fun. It just doesn't work for me. Didn't work then. It doesn't work now. I managed to avoid it back then as well. Didn't really come across my radar. Consider how much of a big song and dance they made about it in Zap. I just I just avoided it.
1: Yeah, I think that that was what I remember as well. Because like as we've been going through these you know issues and, and looking at it, we've seen this pop up a few times and there's a big glowy preview a couple of issues back and we kept sort of seeing this mention of it and we've seen it hit charts and stuff and so I was thinking, you know, is this a classic that we missed? Is this, you know, because I don't really remember much of Fight Night but I would think that if this had have been good, we would have been playing this. You know, we would have been having two player player fights of this, especially when you had your disc drive. Yeah. You know, we'd have been like, oh, you know, do you fancy a round of Fight Night instead of do you fancy some IK Plus? It'd have been, but... It never came up. It never, no. ever came up. No. And- well, the thing is, you've got wave the Exploding Fist in the world. Yeah. So for one-on-one
0: fighting games, that's your, that's your benchmark to beat. This doesn't. It doesn't beat it. And it's boxing, and it still doesn't beat it. And you've also got Barry Wiggins to beat, and it doesn't beat that. No. So you could put all the comedic comedy, laugh, laugh a minute, crazy, tickle my balls, Mr. Nerd Gaming, game for <laughs> wanting it. Ain't no help. No, no. At the end of the day, it's this is just, I think it's a, they, they clearly designed the graphics in the game first got some very, very basic boxing sort of moves, Showing it to Zap, they've gone, wow, that's amazing. They start gushing over it. And then when it came to it, they well wow, I don't get how this got ninety three percent and the Sizzler, I don't because it's nowhere near that. Nowhere near in my book. It feels
1: unfinished. So no, no, no. But like I said, there is nothing that when you're fighting, there's nothing on screen apart from the ring and the two boxers. There's not even a there's not even like a character background or no you referee, know character out nothing. background. Nothing. It's so it's- you know it's not it's so dissimilar bizarre. To the boxing game that we played
0: that early one what did we play was it called that... knockout it's not dissimilar to knockout really yeah and yeah true knockout, knockout the same problems lots of style around the edges attempts but nothing concrete when it came to the actual game it's the same problem here really it's nothing yeah. different a lot more money though this one or at least the same money was it 995 for this i wouldn't have paid that i'd have been annoyed at myself and it would have been more on disc as well so for 10 quid you're paying for less of a game not much to it magic. can you imagine the loading on tape for the players no thanks give me Byron McGuigan's
1: yeah absolutely Byron McGuigan's way better because I, I, I remember playing a lot of Byron McGuigan's back you know in 1986 87 whatever it was but this completely bypassed me and I don't think was a good you reason for, a period for that
0: where you, you period where you changed your name to uh, A.D. McGuigan that is true actually yes and I did and just went around boxing people randomly to, uh, I did
1: uh, to that tune
0: and the <laughs> Cannonball Peterson who lived down the road he lived in fear for weeks he <laughs> You no, know, he never meant to be called Cannonball. That wasn't his choice. But you know, you hated well, him. And...
1: Well, to be fair, sort of thing. He was my he was my nemesis. I had to I had to beat him. I, I had to break him.
0: <laughs> well, you had uh, Bobby punch your head off. You no, know, the uh, the Polish guy down the road. But, um... You're getting
1: you're getting into a uh, Frank
0: Frank Bruno territory here. <laughs> well, you can see how easily easily led they were. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, no, fight night is a great
1: big fight night miss. Fight night. Yep. It, Fright Night uh, and Fright Night's better Fright Night yeah absolutely yeah if you were fighting vampires I could get behind this if you were fighting like sexy vampires that would be alright I'd, I'd, I'd be on board with that
0: love the Fright Night movies so y- yes, to me yes, so put, put this game in the same <laughs> sentence makes me angry beyond compare in fact so much so I'm actually going to get uh, I'm going to get the, go to the next door neighbor's house now and pull up his gas <laughs> main and blow his house up <laughs>
1: <laughs> why not it's what all good neighbors should
0: do <laughs> he knows too much anyway about my nighttime shenanigans <laughs>
1: <laughs> we all know too much you keep tweeting him we told you not to <laughs> good lord man if you want to keep something secret don't put it on social media i
0: know that tweet i'm a vampire and i'm going to drink your blood out of there it's a bad move it's come back to bite. come back to bite me personally in, a, in an ironic twist <laughs> come back to bite me on the neck
1: <laughs> Alright, Fight Night. No, don't play Fight Night. Fright, go no. watch Fight Night instead. Go watch that. You better, you'll have a yes. better time yes. watching either of the yes. Fight Night That's films. A very good idea. Watch them all. Because um, they're good. Right, so let's move on. To our next game, which that didn't like. We might. I don't know. That game is Gyroscope. Graham, tell us about Gyroscope. This is essentially Marble Madness, okay? Marble mm-hmm. Madness was an arcade,
0: an accomplished arcade game which featured a trackball controller and you controlled a marble that slid around a track alarmingly similar to the gyroscope sort of level. So kind of a downward slope, isometric view and roll the marble around, try and navigate the narrow nooks and crannies, don't fall off, Yada yada. You get the idea, get to the end, next kind of crazy level. So this is essentially that. And graphically, the actual backgrounds, the gra- the levels look look quite similar. They're actually pretty good rendering.
1: Yeah, they are. Yeah.
0: The gyroscope, less so. So it looks a little bit like a uh, it looks like a sprite stuck in the wrong game. Mm-hmm. So why didn't they just use a marble anyway? I guessing because they didn't have the license, which is exactly the reason why they didn't use it. And then mm-hmm. the problems sort of begin from there because the main stick with Marble Madness aka gyroscope was the controls with trackball in the arcade because you had to roll it to sort of navigate and you were it's kind of a ball rolling downhill and the gyroscope just elides all that kind of control so with the joystick it feels weird and you've got eight controls on the joystick and it kind of responds in the terms of the way you sort of directionally and speed that you kind of go and It just felt like the controls are kind of fighting you to sort of be able to guide your gyroscope down successfully through the little nooks and crannies and the the little nuances of the level. In there, there's a game that I like, which is Marble Madness in the arcades, because it is something I do quite like. I'm not a fan of isometric games generally, but I do quite like Marble Madness every now and again. But it has to have the Mm trackball. So for me because it doesn't have that and because it's a gyroscope which okay it's just another thing that rolls downhill that's centrally independent whatever you call it it's self-centering so i quite like that the viewpoint i asked view the graphics in the background great foreground less so sprite main sprite not very good controls twitchy annoying difficult didn't feel like i was in control of it enough to be able to do it make it do what i wanted it to do and the problem there is that uh, you, this game just needs a trackball i think it needs that kind of control i don't know if there's a variant of a trackball for the commodore 64 that might work with it i don't know that and then final piece of the puzzle for this game is that annoying music <laughs> the annoying annoying music and guess what guess who it's by yes Ew. It's the guy that did the wizardry music. Oh, is it? So, yes, which you can kind of tell if you listen to it. Now, yeah. I'm not dissing the guy's music abilities. He could be the most world famous. He could be a famous trumpet player for all I know. This is not his finest moment. It's repetitive, dull and annoying, and it slowly gets on your nerves more and more and more and more. So uh, I didn't dig it. 45% from Zap's about right for this because it's just marble madness, but it's
1: without the madness and without the marble. So what is it? What Gyroscope. I think I'm sort of, I think I'm a little bit more lean. I, I, when I played it, when I first started it and it, it started up, I was like you, and those when this first level sort of scrolled up and onto screen, I was like, this looks all right. This, You know, those that, that those background yeah, levels. the background graphics are Marble Madness, they look great. Yeah, they look nice. I didn't like the single colour sprites they used no. for both you and those annoying flickery enemies yeah, that would randomly pop up every now and again. Just use a marble. Well, I'm, I'm guessing for you know copyright reasons, they probably couldn't use something like that. But you know, we looked somewhere down the line, we will get we will get Bobby Bearing. Well, it could have been a tennis ball. I mean, tennis balls seem to be okay. True. Yeah, I suppose so. Tennis. What would that be? Marble Madness, Tennis Snooker Terror, Snooker Ball, yeah. <laughs> Snooker Ball. Steve Davis's Marble Madness, Snooker <laughs> Ball Madness. I just, I just, for me, like you say, I don't mean to interrupt
0: you, but I agree. I think that's it's just that backgrounds belie how perfunctory the main sprite is.
1: Yeah, it is annoying. I would have liked something a bit more solid, and you could have done something a bit more solid and used, you know, a decent sprite rather than that single color, high red sprite that they yeah. use, which yeah. is more than is one not color great. would have been good. Yeah, yeah, just to sort of... because it's quite hard sometimes as well to pick it out because it's white against pale blue, which is you know sometimes hard to see. But I thought that the collision with the edges was tricky <laughs> to put it nicely. Sometimes you thought you were alright and it suddenly just go, Oh no dead. I'm like, I I'm not on the edge. I'm on I'm on the edge. I'm not falling off. Which you know ugh, was annoying. It's only it's quite short too. There's only six courses. But I put the music is okay. Which is what we'd say about wizardry music. It's okay. It's, just, it's you know it's not hanging. The scrolling is nice and everything like that. But it's just it's, it's just too frustrating. And, and like you said, I think that just it's the controls. And it just feels a little bit slow and a little bit empty mm-hmm. and a little bit dull and just a, a little bit lacking in life. And just you know, marble madness in and of itself. You know, like you said, that trackball, flinging that trackball around. As you would do in the arcade, you know, to get some speed up and stuff. This feels just a, when you're doing it with the joystick, you're just going, oh, uh, pulling it to one direction. It, it, it takes away all of that kinetic energy that. Well, it takes away the roll the rolliness of
0: a ball that's going downhill
1: yeah yeah all the kinetic energy that you would have from a track ball your controller is what you see on screen there's that connection i imagine you know controlling a joystick on screen would have been rubbish because they're not round so yeah it's not terrible i didn't mind my time with it 45 percent. yeah probably because it's like you said it is too it is very short and there is just too much frustratingness around it which is a bit you know, This could have been quite could have been quite good, but it might work with an analog.
0: I mean, with an analog type controller. We said it before with the different game. You said it before in a different game that we've reviewed where you felt that had there been an analog controls, it might have fared better because Gribbly stay out. I think. Yeah, yeah, because with it being something that's sort of just careering downhill, as it were, and you're sort of guiding it. Eight directions seems less directions than something like this needs. You know, you've only got the direct compass directions really uh-huh. on a, on the joystick an analogue would obviously have the full 360 and I think that's why the trackball works because you know the nuances of the movement aren't just eight eight directions and I think that's why I found it kind of very clicky and clunky and clacky and, and that is my joystick it, it is very clicky clunky and clacky so that probably didn't help you know micro switches yeah. were very, really giving it some on this when I was click clack 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 and...
1: yeah it's also the uh, again we're into Rice Krispies mascot territory
0: yes clunky, clunky and clacky with the uh, Czechoslovakian <laughs> Rice, rice crispy. Could. yeah, uh, rice, rice and crispakis, as they call them there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that well-known, uh, that well-known cereal. Yes. yes, they're with this Sandvig biscuvi flavour, but that's uh, <laughs> that's, mm. that's by the by.
1: Mm, Taste them, <laughs> <laughs> mm,
0: lovely Sandvig biscuvis. Anyway, so yeah, that's, that's so. I think it, right, I agree with you. Is what I'm saying, I suppose.
1: Yeah, Sandvig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sandvig, Sandvig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this could have been all right but like i said i think it's that kin- it, like i said it's that kinetic energy the, the word madness is in there for a reason interestingly do you know do, do, do you know you know designed marble madness don't you um no max ernie uh, okay who then went sense. on to design the playstation 4 and playstation 5 that makes sense that doesn't make sense. Games like that, yeah. So I think it was his. It might have been his first game, or it's one of his early games. Anyway, yeah. People uh, have often tried to uh,
0: visit his house, but you have to trundle down a <laughs> slow hill in a in a Segway, going down very very difficult slopes to get to his front door. It's very difficult, very difficult it, indeed. It,
1: yeah, he doesn't like visitors. He, he doesn't no, like them. No, no. Um, but his, anyway. his
0: pipe work on his house is is a nightmare. Say say the plumbers. So. <laughs>
1: You drop it in one point, sort of thing. It just comes out somewhere else. Exactly. What's he doing there? Yeah, <laughs> uh, and the pipework on his on his neighbour Mario. Here's the house. It's just seems worse. I can't plum your house
0: in eight directions. It just. I need a ninth direction. On <laughs> Bobby Nintendo's house next door. <laughs> yeah, to get in there, you just have to like. Uh, Why are
1: we? What are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Gyroscope. <laughs> well, don't Bobby play. Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Nintendo. Terry Sony and <laughs> Frank Frank Microsoft
0: <laughs> oh Frankie Microsoft, yeah no no I yeah, but did you think the music was annoying or was it was it just me that well, have
1: like- i've I, I, to be fair, I've completely forgotten what the music is, but I have written here music is okay and scrolling is nice, so it's, it didn't obviously didn't annoy me so I didn't think it was terrible. If it's made by the same guy who did wizardry, that's probably why, because he's but, obviously got a nag to do a... I want your comment to be on the box. <laughs> what, music is okay and scrolling is nice? Yeah,
0: music music's <laughs> okay and the scrolling's
1: nice. Just nice. <laughs> it is nice. It's not, the scrolling was nice. I mean, It, it, it was, was nice, uh, yeah. You know, it wasn't nice buggy, was it? It wasn't buggy. Mm, no, it wasn't. it wasn't. It wasn't wizardry.
0: No, which is odd, because I have a funny feeling that this is this all connected somewhere in the background.
1: But yeah. Maybe, maybe. I don't know, but this would have been better Like if you'd have been playing a welder, maybe, rolling <laughs> yeah. down. Yeah, it's just a, a welder's a, a welder, ball. A welding helmet. <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> a bit of solder yes yes you could have been that it's just a, a, a ball of
1: iron and you call it gyro solder oh very good yes Gyrosolder go. gyroscopic soldering iron no yeah something like that anyway let's move on because we've got yes. some we've got cracker coming up next oh i'm glad you're talking about this oh, <laughs> oh my god yeah thanks for this oh i chose it thank <laughs> thank you thank you adrian yeah, good, pres- <laughs> good present for yourself <laughs> absolutely right let's move on <laughs> to our next game. We've got a couple of these, one in the ne- next episode by this same company. Some, some companies appeared, we'll look at the crap first in a bit, called Relax, with a double E. And their first title in this issue uh, is a game called Gertie Goose. So I'm going to put the the opening title screen, I'll put it on the uh, on the website because it needs to be seen. <laughs> because... No. I, I, this game is, you know, this, well, I'll set your expectations accordingly. Zap gave it 14%. Okay, Mm. so there you go. We're not going to be much more generous here. If at all, it might even be harsher. So what is Gertie Goose? So Gertie Goose has you playing a goose. You have to find the eight eggs that are scattered around some woods to enter small single screen areas to pick something up and then return home. That's it. There's your game. It feels like it's written in basic. It feels like this was made for the Vic 20. Things that I've, I've written here, things I like. You can walk behind trees. That's yes. it. That's it. That that graphical touch I quite like. But that did then render me to the question: Is how big is this goose? Because that goose next to those trees is massive. You play a massive goose, and we we'll see you'll see that if you look at the actual title screen thing. That you're there's a there's a picture of a goose head on and some kind of lizard wizard. I think is the only way I can kind of describe him. Is some lizard man from V in <laughs> wizard robes, both head on, and they're the same size. So, I don't know. I, I would always think lizard men would be quite tall, but not according to Gertie Goose. This is awful. It's it's awful. You know, you wander around this thing. There's, there's something chasing you. Some kind of gnome or troll or something or other that randomly wanders around. There was never any kind of sense of menace or peril or anything. I just wandered about, found these eggs, went into these flashing doors, picked up whatever's, what looked like something off a campfire or a spit roast or something, walked back out, wandered home. I... I just just terrible what what was it and this was $7.95 this wasn't even a budget release I I cannot believe that this was being released in the same episode we've spoken about things like uh, I don't know we're going to look at the Eidolon uh, uh, next episode and things like Bounder and Rambo and the the graphics from Fight Night and whatever this is coming out at the same time I'm quite shocked but this isn't as bad as the other one we're going to look at from these people I no, don't know what is going on here, what the kind of conception is, because these games are sent in to Zap for review. Zap don't go looking for these. They're sent in. And so this somebody somewhere went, yeah, I'll send them off to Zap. They'll they'll like it. It's like, what are you thinking? I don't know. What, what else is there to say about this apart from bloody crap? No, there isn't.
0: I was in despair when I saw this. I have to say... I didn't expect to ever see Color Clash on yeah, a Commodore 64 clash. in 1986. I looked at the field of games that this is amongst, and despaired that this was a seven pound ninety five cost. Yep, this is shocking to the point where it's it's just it's just you're going to get it. I suppose you know what you're going to get it for every great thing that people make and all the time that, and, and the expenditure and the product development and the development and the designers and all that there are for many of the games you're going to get these shonky two-bit throw the dice someone's bound to buy it kind of car boot sale nonsense that comes out this was just rubbish the idea that you've got to run around and your eggs have been stolen and you've got to go and find the keys to get through the various doors and then you get to the inner sanctum and the demon warriors are, it's just stupid stupid there is mm-hmm. so little logic to this game that there's no point in even applying logic to it because you can't get past the awfulness of how it looks now games are a combination of tactical skill based deployment dexterity and and intuition and above all fun and in order to convey all of those things and the many other tiny component parts you have to at least put an effort in to how it looks because how it looks is all you've got to go you design these things you put this out there you're designing this experience for somebody. That's your job. So to put this out and expect people to pay £8 for it, essentially, it's just a category one insult to anyone that's... Uh, especially in 1986. We've, we spoke before that the, the money you expend, you know, you're talking about the equivalent of 25 quid or oh, thereabouts. I I'll say no more about this other than it's just dismal and yeah. an insult. And mm-hmm. the games like this should not be released, let alone sent into magazines to review because... I don't know if they get off on the fact that Zappa just gonna slate it and I think there's a there must be something to that because you can't you can't honestly tell me somebody sat there proud of that. there is not a creator sat there going you know what Gertie Goose was the second best <laughs> game I ever made. <laughs> it's just not possible. you can't release that and be happy with it but you know what I've worked with games designers in my time and the depths that they will go to to release something which is clearly unfinished unprofessional and not working because they need to release something because they're under pressure you know what i've seen it happen and maybe that's the case where this this is you know somebody said they could do something and in reality they couldn't i don't know maybe. there may be a big backstory. i don't care someone tried to charge me seven ninety five for that i'd be upset and i think it's disgusting really that this game was released at that time so awful yeah. awful in a way i can't even begin to think about thank god i didn't buy
1: it back no then. i didn't even play it back then I have I, no. I, no no memory of this, no recollection of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it could have been that I, I just wiped it from my head. You know, d- yeah. d- deleted it from the hard drive. I don't know. I don't tend to play a lot of geese-related games, so no. Thank
0: God this wasn't a wild geese license that might have enticed <laughs> me in. So this is just yeah, good Roger old dirty goose. Ro-
1: <laughs> yeah, Roger Moore it would have been better. And, R- and R- Richard Harris running around trying to collect eggs yeah, dressed, in, dressed in, in as Africa. Geese. Yeah it would have had, it
0: would have at least had a story that made sense maybe so, maybe no, what well, wild no, geese the game
1: no there's there's a miss, there's a missed opportunity now christmas was just past, wasn't it?
0: It's just February, so it's just past Christmas because the goose might very well have been strangled, chopped up, and made <laughs> into Christmas dinner before it got released. But there you go.
1: There we go. We hate getting goose. It's bloody awful. Just
0: Let's move on. Never never download and play it. Just don't upset your eyes. It's not worth
1: yeah, it. Yeah, don't, don't even YouTube it. Don't do anything. Look at the image on our, on our website, sort of thing, to show you what the title screen is, and that's all you need. It's the eyeball equivalent of IBS. <laughs> Nobody wants that. No, you'll get eye <laughs> diarrhea
0: you your get your eyes are just out spewing diarrhea so nobody look, wants that I'm nobody at that
1: picture now it's so bad exactly oh. you getting eye, that's eye diarrhea <laughs> what you're suffering from right there oh Jesus. nobody wants let's, that nobody let's just wants move that on. Let's, let's talk about something good let's move yes. on move on let's move, move on. on to our last game for this episode an arcade conversion that has inspired a few games that we've been talking about recently uh, Finally it gets its Commodore 64 port. That game is Commando. 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 Are we going Commando, Graham? <laughs> 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 you know, I should have played this as nature intended, shouldn't I? Just
0: I did. Stripped, stripped off, <laughs> holding my joystick in one hand and my joystick in the other hand. <laughs> I was more like Billy in uh, Predator. <laughs> yeah I, I, i'm not gonna i don't know i'm bald so maybe i'm of the, the bill dukes character i think you know uh, over there in the trees over there uh, over here over here anyway commando. So, commando, so commando the game uh war game arcade conversion scrolling shoot em up essentially um mm-hmm. a la rambo a la who dares wins. scrolling from bottom to top you are the commando great looking little sprite You dive around, shooting at the enemies. Uh, They varyingly shoot and throw things and throw grenades at you. you. Work your way up the levels. Eventually, you get to the sort of the gates of the next level. Loads of enemies pile out. Shoot all of them if you can. Get to the next level. Progression, more difficulty, more stuff. You get the idea. We've kind of talked about this kind of game before. So, Commando is it's yin and yang. Commando, and you know what? It's interesting because I really actually quite I held Commando in high regard, and I think I held it in high regard for for reasons that are not the game. So mm-hmm. it's, it's quite interesting. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, because the music is amazing for Commando, but I'm going to talk about the, the Rob Hubbard score for Commando in a moment. I just want to talk about the actual game. So the game's quite fast. It's quite pacey. It's got a pedigree of game developer behind it. It's it's a conversion that's actually pretty good, but it's not a complete conversion. That's mm. So that's thing number one. The whole commando arcade of eight levels is not here. It's only three of the levels. That's number one. Number two, this game is tough, but the arcade was tough, mm-hmm. and it is tough. There's loads of enemies. There's lots of running around. It's quite frantic in a way that Ude's wins wasn't. This is far more arcade frantic, so it's got that kind of logic and the difficulty that comes with that. That's thing number two. One of the big pains in thing number three is the fact that you can get hung up on graphics in this game and caught out by the by the collision detection which periodically means you get stuck in places you don't want to be stuck, which I think actually impedes the gameplay. So sometimes you want to move and and it doesn't quite move the way you want in in the kind of twitch speed, arcade speed requirement. So you can be stuck behind a rock and go to move out from behind it and it doesn't quite go the way you want. It kind of sticks. There's a little bit of Mm -hmm. that kind of clash stick, uh, which leads to indeterminate death in the game, which is really frustrating. Now, at least you don't always die from and go back to the start again. You do actually have sort of start points in the game. So you can progress through. But you've got three lives. It's unforgiving. It's very hard. And but it is essentially a conversion of the arcade light. All of those are good things. The graphics are good, looks great. The game itself looks like commando. When it starts up, it's got the kind of commando look and feel. The music's similar to the arcade. But the music is astonishingly good from Rob Hubbard and it lifts the game again to something a little bit extraordinary, right down to the high score music, which is where you're sort of shooting your name into the letters and stuff. It's all nice little touches, really good little finishing touches, straight from the arcade. It's lifted almost from the arcade. And there's a whole backstory around Robert Wood creating the music for this in a very short space of time. And because he was just kind of, wasn't really prepared for what it was. The long and the short of it is, the game is a conversion of an arcade kind of light. It inherits all the problems that come with the difficulty. Additionally, it has collision detection problems but the music is absolutely awesome. So it, 77, again, I hate to say it, but they're getting the scores about right this month with uh, Zap. I think it's probably about 77. And
1: I still prefer Who Does it Wins 2. What about you? Yeah. Hmm. I, it's a de- I mean, it's a decent version of the arcade original, is what I put, but it does suffer from all the things you said. Three levels instead of the eight. The, the sprites are nice. I do like the visuals. They do look good. It's a Chris Butler game, isn't it? Chris Butler, yeah, who did Zed and um, you know Hyper Circuit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I say it's got that. It's got a good pedigree. So we've said before that he's good, makes good arcade style games, and now here he is doing an actual arcade conversion. It seems like, uh, is it rushed? Is it? Do they only fit so much in the C sixty? Well, I know there is a conversion coming down a lot. You know, much much later, someone does a full version, don't they? So whatever they do, yeah. The problem I have with this is that quite often there's issues with the sprites. There's quite a lot of flicker. Um, yeah, and, flicker, and, yeah. Click, uh, flickering all over the place, which can mean sometimes enemies just disappear, sometimes they just reappear, which can lead yep. to annoying deaths. Like you said, I got stuck underneath that bridge so many bloody times, yeah. trying to get through it and get out, and just, you just get grenaded to hell. Again, I don't like I don't like split input controls, so I. I Another game which does it better, sort of thing. But in a fast arcade game, I don't want to have to be taking my hand off the uh, off the con- off the joystick yeah, to press the Press space bar for, yeah, space yeah. Bar for grenades. It's just you just don't need to that, be doing yeah. it. it. It's in a fast-paced game like this. I'm I'm all hands to the deck to the joystick. I'm, I'm moving fast. You've got no time to take away from your thing and press that. It's just no. And we've had some people who've said for other games where they had to do this, they would put their Commodore 64 on the floor and use their foot or plug a joystick into port, uh, port one and press it with a foot again. But that's, you know, you shouldn't be having to have a workaround like that. Who Does Wins 2 did it quite well with holding down the fire button. Am I right in suggesting as well that you can only throw grenades forward in this? You can't yes, throw them at angles. Yes, again, yes. I don't know if that's a holdover from the arcade. I can't remember if in the arcade you could throw them at angles. I don't know, but I no, know in I'm Who sure. Dares Wins, I know in Who Dares Wins Two you can. Yes. So that feels annoying. You can only throw them in front of you. It's trying to fit a at this point sort of thing. I start. I think was trying to fit you know, a pint into a you know a quart into a pint pot. It just seemed a bit too much here for the you know the probably lack of time. We read about that. You know, Elite had got the home conversion license to put this out and you know what what's here is good there's just not enough of it three levels is is lacking it is tough like you said but it's not that tough that you can't work your way through it i got pretty far in about 15 20 minutes i got midway through the second level about 15, 20, 30 minutes of playing it. And I knew that if they gave it a bit more half an hour, I'd probably finish this. And so it, it isn't, you know, a, uh, because there's only three levels, there's that lack of, whereas Who dares Wins 2, there's eight levels. There's challenge there. So that's going to keep you going for a while to try to get through mm. that. And I have put that. I put lack of levels and flickeriness sort of putting out, I'd just rather play Who dares Wins 2. Yep. Which is a shame. Uh, 77% yeah probably because it is you know it is lifted by that hubbard soundtrack i'm probably not as strong on it as you are this is okay i i, I don't mind the main tune the high score tune it's, it's fine I, I really like sorry i really like the high score melody that's the high point of this yeah for me the in-game tune is okay it's, it's pretty good you know i'm not saying it but it's, it's not what it's, it's from the arcade essentially it, it is yeah it's hubbard's remix of the arcade isn't it? and i don't, yeah, I don't yeah. mind it but it's not one of my favorite hubbard pieces strangely faster than the arcade yeah terms it, fit, its it really tempo. fits it it fits the arcadiness of it it's really yeah, good yeah the, you know, the arcade so, the, music is slower the pace of the arcade music yeah, is much slower it's the, weird the, the symbiosis of the fast action and the fast music work really well there's a yeah. nice action to that this would never work on who does wins two no that this you know this would be completely incongruous the probably the arcade music speed would probably work better on who does wins two yeah. but then again, who does wins two's lack of music is kind of almost more endearing it's more atmospheric this is this is frantic yeah. this this is like Ur! you know you're constantly at it and the number of enemies running around charging around and bullets and, yeah so it's got all that but it just feels a bit haphazard it feels a bit unpolished it mm. feels a bit unfinished
0: yeah which is unusual for a Chris Butler game because as we've seen with his others that's the one thing he's very good at is the polishing yeah. the finish
1: well this is why i'm thinking that maybe this was a you need to get Rush this job. out this yeah. we've got Who a deadline does
0: and rambo are coming out so
1: yeah we've got a deadline this needs to be out and also as yeah. well we're looking at commando the film next month, next next episode
0: yeah, true so
1: you had all these things coming around and i've got a feeling this was a get the damn thing out the door yeah yeah so it's okay you will enjoy your time with it because it's a it's a decent enough version of the of the arcade original there's just there's better versions of this kind of thing now on the 64 and looking at it now it really does miss the other five levels that's that's my take on it you know but i enjoy my time with it because it is it's still fun to play with what, what is there uh, it's not as good music as Rambo, though. No, it's not. Nowhere near as good. No, it's near. So, yeah, anything else to add? No. No, no. I think no, that's, yeah, no. there we go. So, it's okay. So I think, yeah, 77%. Uh, yeah, probably yeah, about so, right. I mean, it,
0: it's about right. It's if you had Rambo and Commando and Who Dares Wins 2, and you play them side by side, as you probably might with those three games, because they're essentially the same kind of idea, mm-hmm. Who Dares Wins 2 is going to come out the best, which is kind of mad. The others are great because they've got all of the other stuff, all of the trappings, all of the show and tell around the edges. Yeah. You know, Rambo's yeah. got all of its high scores and its music. Commando's got its music and its arcade heritage. But you know what? Keep the game simple
1: and you're going to win. Who Does Wins 2's got the gameplay. And, yeah. and, the, and the depth there's more to it
0: there's challenge it just sticks to its core doesn't try mm. and don't dress a crab
1: you don't need to just <laughs> you won't get the you won't get the sleeves over its claw no just don't no, just don't, <laughs> don't you know you don't need to do that you know what sometimes you just eat the crab <laughs> sometimes you take the hammer to the crab
0: yeah exactly yeah you, you don't know, need don't, to dress you, no you don't, don't, you don't take out to... for a meal don't take it out for us to the cinema <laughs> you know just hit it with a hammer and
1: eat its brains there you go <laughs> <laughs> crab <laughs> Crab Crab based ratings I don't even this know if is, that's good This is ten, I, I this can't is, even work it out This is ten crabs no, I, I The commando Don't dress a crab Who dares wins two Smash a crab with its brains out Is this good? Is this bad? Is this bad crab? Is this good crab? Is this crab crab? We've yet to crab? work
0: out the nuances of the crab Rating
1: scheme Is it on a claw uh, scale? But we'll get there. Yes, the the the, the chlorian. Yes. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Oh dear. Right. Let's move on. There you go. That's your games. That's it for this episode for games we'll round up of those. We'll round up those in a moment. But first of all, we have our crapverts to look at for this episode. We've got some crapverts from the pages of magazines from February 1986. Now, the first one was a double page spread at the start of Zap. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah. This is Legend uh, of the Amazon Women advert. There's lots wrong with this. Most notably, the, irrespective. So, so basically, so this is called Legend of the Amazon Women. Please play, take note of the word Amazon in this, all right, because it's going to come up in my criticisms of this advert. So what we've got is essentially six scantily clad women four of them fighting some dinosaurs in the background two of them <laughs> two two of them looking at us in the in the foreground one is she standing atop that white as a white saber-toothed tiger we're, we're, it we're isn't looking relevant at, it's, it's a knockoff Boris Vallejo is what we're looking at here for anyone who doesn't know, Boris Vallejo liked to draw his ladies in the 1980s in various fantasy poses. Uh, you just type in you know, V-A-L-L-E-J-O, Boris Vallejo. Go look at his work artwork. And you can see this is a, a bit of a knockoff of that. He did loads and loads and loads of video covers that you will recognise if you go look. Mm. He did the uh, covers for National Lampoon's Vacation and things like that. He drew them. So he has, that, he has that kind of art style. This is just a, an, an, an excuse to have a load of scantily clad women. Now the problem with this is that the, the, the actual main chunk of this drawing, this piece of work, is in some is in a canyon which looks like I don't know Valley of the Guanji, yes, um, Valley of the Guanji style canyon sort of thing, red rock, you know, Mesa style canyon. That's not the Amazon. No. And that's not what I remember for the Amazon. It's a jungle. No. So the wording on this is a plane, a plane crash in the dark forest of the American subcontinent. Well, it's, it's, it's a jungle, not a forest. It's ghost-like images of wild women disappearing into the jungle. Okay, so now we're at a jungle, not a forest. This is all in the same bit of wording. A quest of unimaginable combat and untold adventure set against the eerie backdrop of gripping jungle scenarios. So we've got typos in this. Uh, the mesmerizing compulsion that is the le- legend of the amazon women in the treacherous jungles of south america oh so we've gone from the american subcontinent to south america the rule of survival is victory against all odds I, I, did, what in the mystical amazon jungle a fate worse than death awaits you what, what what's going on why are there dinosaurs why are we not in a jungle in the picture none of this makes any sense what well, you think is the, question, <laughs> the thing is
0: the, the problem you've got is you're trying to apply sense to something that has not the question you should really be asking is why is the death star in the background because there it is just hanging out there in the background right in the sky the death star
1: do you know i didn't notice that i was so partaken with everything else that i failed to notice so the death star why in is the it fact there?
0: That, that a triceratops i don't know the triceratops is fighting <laughs> a tyrannosaur different jurassic periods and <gasps> there's a lizard creature <laughs> it doesn't matter why is there a gang of alarmingly I mean, these, these guys are ripped, right? These are bodybuilders. And that woman, the, the sort of the third woman in from the left, that is a woman that has been doing a lot of squats to get a an, <laughs> uh, an ass that is chewing cloth like that. And that is, you know, that is a proper pair of coconut crackers right there. So these are very fit, agile, strong women, albeit that they are dressed in essentially cloths and rubber bands.
1: The, the main one as well has, has got a body as thin as my... Um, yeah they're, which they're, is a bit they're, problematic
0: their body dysmorphism is beyond compare these are so weirdly disproportionate yeah aside from the one on the far right and i'm guessing and i'm just putting this out there as a guess that the one on the far not on the far right as in the terms of you know the you know the signal in the far right the one on the far right of the image i think that may be a girl that he really liked because <laughs> it's the only one that's kind of drawn kind of normal the rest of them are in weird poses with weird weirdly disproportionate body parts whether it's muscular legs skinny waist Uh, or enormous butt cheeks she seems kind of perfectly proportioned and you can see her face and her hair is very well drawn. I think that's either his wife or his girlfriend or a girl he really liked or she I, really liked, maybe. I,
1: I have a feeling that that is a, a woman on another picture, personally, that, that has been copied. <laughs> yeah. Just like we would see with like adverts for, like, or and stuff like that. Yeah. That, that to me, is an amalgamation of, of that, because the style of that woman is very, very different. That one on the right, the one... Centerpiece, you know, the, the main one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, because that totally. one centerpiece. Did you ever see the artwork? Because I have a feeling, I don't know if this is the same artist, but it looks very similar to the artwork for the Sorcery series of books, the Fighting fantasy, yeah. fantasy books. Yeah, completely. And, and, it, and it looks very similar in style. The face looks very similar in style to the faces in the artwork of the I can't yep. remember his name. I've got the book somewhere, but um, it looks very similar in style to that. But that one on the right looks nothing like that. There's yeah, a no. weird, weird mix mishmash of image st- stylings here. No,
0: exactly. It's it's
1: it is it's
0: it's part early eighties fantasy film video VHS box. Yeah, the legend of the Amazon women typeface choice is inexplicable. But there it is. It's kind of green, algae slashed, jungly. None of the rest of it's jungle though. It's kind of set in a deserted desert island. Well, looks like a Yeah, I thought that.
1: I thought that looks quite quite Celtic.
0: Yeah, it's mean, I mean. It's Irish, really, really yeah. more than more than Amazonian. So yeah, why there's a white saber-toothed <laughs> tiger with demonic red eyes, sort of pouring its way. But that that image of a Panther, lion, pouring its way forward, is an eighties iconography. I think. Oh, actually, I had that. I had is. the, I had the uh, so, Black
1: Panther poster on my that's, wall.
0: That's what I mean. So th- that exists in a kind of eighties space. The rest of it, though, it looks if they took that Legend of the Amazon women title off and just put Journey to the Center of the Earth, it would make more sense because that kind of Journey to the Center of the Earth movie is pretty much that. Yes. Yes, it would. Or, t- or the time machine, or any one of a, th- a hundred. Of those film types, and I think were they made in the early eighties or late seventies or when around that time anyway. All of those films, you know, there's this load a whole slew yeah, of. Yeah, it them. looks
1: it looks like um it looks like a Doug McClaw cover.
0: Doug McClure, that's the guy I'm thinking of. That Doug could easily be you no know, Doug McClure and that could be a Ray Harryhausen film. Yeah, it looks like Guanji, Valley of the Guanji. Yeah. And there is actually a film called Amazon Women. Not Amazon Women of the Moon. There's a film called Amazon Women, which are Amazons. Mm-hmm. And that's got a very similar video cover to this doesn't have the Death Star hovering in the background <laughs> in it, though. So that is a bit of an addition. And I'd still don't get... Why is the Spectrum version significantly cheaper than the Commodore 64 uh They, they always version. were. The Spectrum versions usually were cheaper. Do uh, you know what? Crap is crap, isn't it? I wonder if we'll end up playing this at some point.
1: I imagine I imagine it's going to come out, so we'll probably be having a look at it. It
0: shouts so much 80s at you, this, that it's, it's almost a hair metal band in the making this is like if the bangles went wild and just went mad this would be this would be their like you know they, they've just, you know, n- the news in today that for some reason that we can't explain the lead singer and the rest of the bangles group the popular for Manic Monday just went wild and started attacking people in the Amazon like the Amazon Go-Go's yeah this, this could easily be that you know it's just you know <laughs> While being menaced by T.
1: Rexes and There's one uh, side
0: of the coin that says this is a very sexist view of women dressed in uh, sheepskin or animal skin bikinis.
1: Oh, absolutely, and, it's incredibly titillating. Uh, wielding,
0: and but there is also you know these are empowered women. Amazonian women are empowered. They're taking on dinosaurs, and you know they're they're, they're doing you know all of the cool things that you know. You know and if they can do that in bikinis, that without chafing that is extremely uh, pliant and and brilliant. I'm just not sure the game is going to convey any of that subtext. It's just going to be, you know, boobs and, uh, you know, arrows and tanned boobs. And I suspect the pixelated versions of those images are going to be
1: well, heretic beyond if, if, you, if you actually, play, I don't know, I I, it's not a game that's come across my radar sort of thing, so we'll see down the line if this is the case. I don't mm. know Do you if you play as one of the legend of the Amazon women. I'm guessing not because you play... Someone on a plane crash and you get ghost like images of wild women disappearing into the jungle. Mm. I'm gonna guess you play a guy with women around.
0: Yes, yes. It's gonna going guess be Amazon Women on Amazon Women on the Moon the game. <laughs> which like- would be cool. But it's <laughs> gonna be better be than cool. that crappy advert, so. Pond skull No, no.
1: Yeah, it's a bad advert. There we go. It's Amazon legend of the Amazon Women on the Moon. Next up, we've looked at the games. Well, we've looked at one of them. Now we've got the actual advert. So we've got the advert for Relax, the Relax Games and we've got five new games, not just Gertie Goose.
0: Oh, good look at about. You know what? Right at the top of that, it says just released, and and, now, and that makes me feel like someone's went to the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's
1: what I thought as well. You no, know, just released. It's no, just someone's just released a gertie goose. Yes, exactly. I've just been to the toilet, so give that five minutes. It's one bite too far. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> one bite, you know, one you bite might strike deep. a match.
0: Strike a match in there. You're gonna you need the sulphur smell because I've just I've, released.
1: I've dropped a pod. Why relaxes?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Relax is, uh, is just, you know what, everything about this advert is stinking. It's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I know what we've got to come with one bite too deep. Yeah. So I'm not holding up much hope for Pod. And I don't believe that strategy games have ever been marketed as hours
1: of entertainment for kids. I'm just pretty sure that kids aren't into it, into strategy well, games. We'll come to the strategy games in a minute, sort of thing, because we were clearly wrong about Gertie Goose. Because Gertie Goose according advert is Goosey Goosey Gander, as you've never seen her before. You'll have lots of fun with gorgeous Gertie, the giant goose in hobnail boots. I don't mm, even know what was they're the trying. Stick, to wasn't it? S- I don't know what they're trying to sell there. Well, that was the shtick, wasn't it? It was a goose in boots. <sighs> so. I don't know. One bite too deep is enough to chill your bones. Our athletic hero. Now I take. Tech- umbrage at that because I've just played it. Oscar yeah. demonstrates his speed and strength in dealing with numerous perils. Hectic stuff. Now I looked, no. we haven't, we didn't review Pod. I don't know if they sent in Pod, but I went and had a look at Pod on, on, on YouTube. All right. Jumping jitters, follow Pod's adventure in the land of diamonds and dragons and watch him jump in and out of trouble. Now it seems to me that Pod, your, your control system in Pod is you have a bar at the bottom. You can you can't move. All you can do is jump. And you have a bar at the bottom that you like a like a golf thing. So you hold down the thingy for as far as you want, and then you'll jump that far. It just seemed very weird. But these are no. these these are terrible adverts. But these strategy games at the bottom. No. Hours of entertainment for kids of all ages. Now these these weirded me out because it says tense exciting combat games. This is the war game. Tense exciting combat game, creating the battle of your choice. Creating the battle of your choice. Beware, though, because only the winner survive. Includes instruction booklet. Always a winner. Well, i told you,
0: we've said it before. When they make a big thing of the instructions, you know that the game's onto a loser.
1: But the trading game. Now, this is the one that caught my eye, sort of thing, because the trading game. Uh, what is it? Hang on a minute. Let me just zoom this in because it's so There's hard to read. Great game for all you budding shipping magnates. Yeah.
0: And wheeler dealers, this is your chance to
1: make a million. So there's such a a, a, a weird kind of amalgamation of different time periods. Like shipping magnates, is, puts me back in the you know pirate times. Well, it's got a pirate ship on the. It's on got the image a pirate there. ship on there, but wheeler dealers. That sounds like Delboy. It's confused in a way
0: that is belying anything meaningful. I love the fact that there's a relaxed sales hotline. I bet that never rang. Nobody's ringing that number. There's a a phone on a desk
1: somewhere, and they're all looking at it, going. I reckon it did ring, and the only time it rang was, "I've just bought your game." Yeah, sucks balls. I want my money back.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I want to trade. I've played the trading game. I have learned my shipping magnate skills, and I want my money back. I'll trade you for, you know me not burning down your oh. warehouse and the thing is this Awful.
1: is it's all black and white in it it's cheap it's nasty it's horrible well that describes everything about them isn't it but they're not cheap
0: this is the real clincher they're eight um, quid and we said this in review exactly this this is a rip off what that magazine advert represents is a rip off the only thing that's just been released is your <laughs> stupidity if you've spent eight quid on bug. any of those titles <laughs> it's just ridiculous it's ridiculous. These games cannot have been written and finished in any either meaningful time frame, or they were finished in 1981, 82, and then just released. As like we've seen many times over, the worst thing about it is that nothing, nothing would
1: make me less relaxed. So <laughs> no, nothing, nothing. Let's move on because it's bloody awful. I put this one in here for you because I think this advert's terrible. <laughs> That's the V advert. It is the V advert. So we've got V. Now, the problem with this, with V sort of thing is there's loads of iconic images they could have used for V. Um, they have the, 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 kind of overused the V, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's VVV, which would later going to go VVVV, the, the game by yeah. the guy's name. So V, the TV science fiction series invade your home computer. Earth is visited by seemingly human aliens. These reptiles soon reveal their ultimate aim, however, to take over Earth and enslave its population. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Your mission as resistance leader Michael Donovan to so seek and destroy their mothership using all the skills and weaponry at your command and then in the middle of it we've got another big v and inside the big v is the one of the worst effects from the, the show where the skin of a face is breaking open to a terrible lizard mass yeah so <laughs> it's a rubbish let's just, let's just
0: before we before we before we, before we, before we uh, go too heavy in on on the v takedown there's a couple of things to note number one that image is not from the tv show that's a that's a market image it doesn't happen in the tv show or in the miniseries i can show you of that so what would have been better is just the letter v yeah that's that's the main that's iconic. icon throughout the entire tv series v is no longer for visitors v is for victory and then the jewish guy that's been through the holocaust who actually gets killed like in the in the miniseries spray famously sprays takes a spray can off the kids and sprays it on the wall in a act of defiance so v the miniseries is one of my favorite tv miniseries of all time so i have v in very very high regard (laughs) yes there are many crazy stupid things with it but (laughs) that led the way to some of the most iconographic moments in tv that carried into film independence day would not work the same without the big spaceship coming out the clouds that happened in v before it happened in independence day just saying now, this advert is such a letdown because yeah. it over, if for some reason they've gone over crazy with the V, you know, the painted V, the spray can V, it doesn't need that. It doesn't need the kind of weird lizard face. You know, why give that away? <laughs> you don't need to give that away. Admittedly, it was one of the most popular TV miniseries of all time on ITV at that time, which was shown pretty late on as well.
1: It was against so the Olympics, wasn't it, 1984? Yeah, yeah. But you don't, need to,
0: you don't need to put the spoiler. You don't need that image at all because it serves no purpose at all in this advert. Because no. even in the game, it wouldn't make a difference to know that they're lizards. It doesn't. What would have been better is just the V. For some reason, they've got two ocean logos on it as well, which, you know, we've got the licence, we've got the licence. You don't need that. You could make the advert classier very simply. Take all um, the text off. Yeah, just it doesn't need an explanation. Just the V coming soon, or even yeah. just a, even a statement from the fil- from the TV show, you know, V is no longer for visitors, V is for victory. That's all you'd have needed. Yep. And then just this ocean smaller... Commodore 64, Spectrum prices smaller. They don't need to be. For some reason, they're really shouting the prices at you. It's like loud. It's really weird that an advert and a license of such strength has been kind of destroyed. It's such a shame. And the, and the game, as we'll come to later down the line, the game has got some problems. It's actually a pretty good game, albeit that it's kind of rolling rat, really. But it's a pretty good <laughs> game. But um, it's this advert is such a letdown for what that TV show is. Mm-hmm. And thing is, it also is, without getting really nerdy about it, this is V, the miniseries. V, the final battle, which is the follow-up miniseries, that's where the iconography really steps in. Where you get the really ace intro music, you get the, just the V on its own. The first miniseries has got that kind of American sort of style of sci-fi 80s series. So it's got kind of the opening sequence where you kind of see what happens in the episode and it's got a kind of really kind of gaudy not quite the same kind of music when the final battle comes along you have this really interesting celtic drum sounding repetitive soundtrack it's really good it's just the v on the screen slowly zooming out when the credits are fading it's a whole different experience so i'm feeling that they've gone for the v miniseries less final battle which is a that's how nerdy it gets with me and V because I, uh, I uh, it is honestly <laughs> and I I feel a sadness because I see that advert and I see what it could have been yeah don't t- waste much. of it's time
1: just, the, the you know the the big V you just strip everything else off you could have left Commodore and Ocean and all that stuff in the bottom right and yep. kind of sort of thing just take the green text off take that take that stupid lizard picture out and just have black and a V done you know I I am going to when I get a spare moment redo
0: the Commodore 64 <laughs> advert for V as it should have been done, because I feel like so that is a, a step too far for that advert. It's too much. And I yeah. feel like that it just... I, I want to I do a simplified version just to show what it could have been. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to yeah, do that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty... I mean,
1: like I said, but I just... just that.
0: It's heartbreaking <laughs> for me that the V... <laughs> <laughs> is is in a crapvert? It's heartbreaking. <laughs> and I agree with you. I can see why. It's totally why it's there. It's heartbreaking. It yeah, really it
1: just it made me laugh when I came across. it. I was like, oh god, that could have been so well, much better. Do you know
0: what? The, the V's that are on the left and the right, the the, the mini V's as they are. Why they are no they purpose. even there? <laughs> yeah, don't it's, know. It's it's like a drop cap, but there's no thing starting with the letter V. It's no. like if it started with you know very strong graphics, or I don't even know know you do that, but it's just crap. No, no, no. more, no, no, no more no, of more. you.
1: There you go. That's our crapverts. <laughs> so that's V, that's a crap ver. it's not great, we've had the relaxed Games, which are just bloody Terrible. awful, and Legend of the Amazon Women. Uh, in this episode we have looked at, what games have we looked at? We looked at Bounder, we looked at Rambo, Outlaws, Starion, we looked at Fight Night, Gyroscope, Gertie Goose, and Commando, along with music where Billy Ocean and Dire Straits uh, ruled the world, or ruled the UK at least, for <laughs> February 1986. I think that's about it for this episode. Just to sort of say where you can get hold of us, should you wish to get hold of us, we are always on Twitter at, at zapped to the, not at zapped to the past, just at to the, Although, if you search for Zap to the past, you'll find us. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, we've got pages and groups, just search for zapped to the past. You can email us at zapped to the past at gmail.com, and you can visit our website to see these crapverts, um, and that is just zapped to the past.com. Nice and simple. Any way you fancy typing the name in Zap to the Pass will probably pop us up. And you and, uh, you can come and have a chat. You can message us. You can say what you like. You can say whether you agree with our views on the games that we've looked at this week. Next week, what do we have in store for you in our next episode? We're going to be looking at the rest of the games from February 1986. So we've got things like The Eidolon. We've got Blade Runner. We've got Desert Fox. And we've got Zorro amongst others and amongst the film and TV as well so come back next week where we'll be discussing that and more so i've been your host adrian mills you've been <laughs> <laughs> i have sorry i have who been, have you uh, graham been? who have you been <laughs> <laughs> i you've have been uh, bobby be graham <laughs> <laughs> be loving graham <laughs> <laughs> when someone's not watching the webcam and I point at them com <laughs> that was all going so smoothly so smoothly he'd walked he'd walked out the room <laughs> I was watching the wave recording and the
0: waveforms and I looked over and you were like pointing I'm
1: like no yeah why has he stopped talking oh no <laughs> I've stopped <laughs> talking because it's your bit right anyway that's us done out please join us next week for all that which I just said thank you very much and goodbye ta-ta <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Zap to the Past podcast.
0: We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the world of Commodore 64 games, as well as the music, sights, sounds and news from around the 1980s, driven, of course, by the issue of Zap 64 magazine, published at the time. We will be back next week with another podcast, so do please join us. Until then, please head over to zaptothepast.com to sign up to our email list as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. You'll also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under Zap to the Past. The Zap to the Past podcast is written and produced by Adrian Mills and Gray Raddings and recorded at Flaky Bits 2.0 Studio. All opinions expressed are those of the writers, and while we indeed love Zap64 magazine, the Zap to the Past podcast is not affiliated with it in any way. Stay safe and see you next time.